0: year, Baz has faced
1: horror and won. Now, Baz will face... My nervous system is at your disposal, uh, to be mocked by the fucking idiots that listen to this podcast.
0: This episode of the podcast Under the Stairs is brought to you in conjunction with Legion Podcast Network. Check out the podcast Under the Stairs and many other shows over at legionpodcast.com. Welcome to the podcast Under the Stairs. Hi everyone and welcome to the podcast Under the Stairs. This is the very special Baz V Halloween episode number four of year three i'm your host duncan mcleish and joining me he's confident just now he's got a bit of a lead he's a uh, he's not gloating at all or has been texting me gloating about the fact that he's doing really well this season as of course the man the myth the legend
1: the baz dinner fast yourself my sexy loons <laughs> what the fuck is going on here That's a wee bit of Doric for you there, big man. I'm
0: just trying to think how that relates to the movies we watched. Well,
1: let me put your mind at ease, Duncan. I'll tell you where this comes from. For many of our American listeners, Mm -hmm. uh, or indeed any of our foreign listeners, uh, may not know what Doric is. In fact, most of our English listeners probably don't know what Doric (laughs) is either. Doric is a Scots dialect from the northeast of Scotland, so kind of the Aberdeenshire area. Mm Mm-hmm. and it's kind of on the decline these days, like many kind of local dialects kind of thing. There aren't many folk that talk it that much anymore. Um, it has nothing to do with either of the films that you watched for this episode, Dung. I'm not going to lie. However, there wasn't really anything about those films that I found I could bring into my sexy intro. So that Doric intro is, in fact, a little jaunty salute of recognition and support for one Robbie Shepherd. Oh. Robbie Shepherd is in fact the or he was the presenter of Take the Floor on Radio Scotland, <laughs> which was the Saturday night Scottish country dance show on Radio Scotland, which gets repeated on a Sunday evening. And when I'm doing the roast dinner on a Sunday or doing the washing up, I've always got a bit of Robbie Shepherd on. Now, do you know that man presented that show on BBC Radio Scotland? for 35 years I don't even know who he is <laughs> Robbie Shepard and he, he's very famous for speaking in his Doric dialect oh, right. he has a very strong North accent he doesn't use the words so much because obviously most folk don't know what they mean but, um, <laughs> and he's just retired he's just retired and his last show was last night so that's wow. a tip of the cap to my man Robbie Shepard I don't know if he listens Duncan <laughs> I'd like to think that he does, but he probably doesn't. If you're listening to Robbie, you're a legend, big man. Oh, I hope I'm going 35 years' time. Oh, I hope we're not doing this in 35 years. I tell you, I tell you. And for those that um, that would like to know, dinner-fash yourself means don't you worry.
0: Yes.
1: And uh, loon, a sexy loon.
0: Mm-hmm. A
1: loon is a, a male, a boy or a man in, in the Doric dialect. Um, I have a cousin up there who calls me Maloon, which weirds <laughs> me at no end. My cousin Gav. Um, so yeah. So what I was really saying there was, uh, don't worry yourselves, my sexy men. which your <laughs> translation doesn't work well at all. Now that I think about it,
2: <laughs>
1: should really have done a lot more research in that intro. <laughs>
0: oh dear. Oh, how you how you keeping up here, Buzz? Because this is this is a. Uh, it's been fairly.
1: Fairly arduous, quite a lot of watching of the horror movies. pretty intense, not going to lie. The tweets um, have reflected this. Yeah, yeah. We've okay. got all sorts of other stuff going on in the house and everything just now as well. Work's mental and obviously we're trying to cram this in just a month or so early.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, so yeah, it's been, uh, obviously there was a little bit of verbal jousting with you and me. Uh, yesterday on oh, the I tour, um, <laughs> you were obviously complaining uh, that one of the films we're about to talk about I did in fact watch During Daylight, however
2: hmm. in
1: defence of myself I would like to point out that the other film of this year's Basby Halloween that I watched During Daylight was Noroi,
2: mm-hmm. The
1: Curse which won
0: yes and so... the reason
1: I didn't kick up a stink about that is because it won <laughs> I, I, I did I see in, in my review of that that, um, that the daylight probably had less than the effect, but I would take that into account mm-hmm. and visualise how I would have coped with it later on at night, and I plan to do the same with this film today.
0: Right, right. I'll
1: so a big man.
0: I don't want to seem panicked or a bit apprehensive, but the current standings, three episodes in, is you four and Halloween 2... So, you yep. could describe this as uh, Baz is kind of making Halloween his bitch. And I, yep. I'm not comfortable with that. I mean, we have been in a similar position before last year. Um, in fact, actually, the reversal. By this time last year, it was all even Stevens with two episodes left. And you've already taken a quite.
1: Commanding, Hank's the word you're groping yeah,
0: around for the Yeah, commanding and lead. And if we cast our memory back to to year three, uh, sorry, to episode three of the first year, this was when the horrible feelings of I've watched too many paranormal activities. I I, I need to watch over my shoulders had yeah. sunk in. By episode three of last year, you just watched late Mungo. Yeah. So you were to say that if I had pointed out that there may be something in the bottom of your screen in a shadow, that would have freaked you the fuck
1: out. <laughs> would have done indeed. Yeah, so... so um, you can't... I, I, yeah. I will say, actually, um, over the last week, I was... I have been a little edgy at night mm-hmm. and stuff like that. Well, I do say... I think it's... I get like this when I... If I'm in something too much, the... Like the franchise shows don't really have that effect because, to be honest, by the time you get halfway through them, most yeah. of them are pretty fucking gash. Yeah. And they're not particularly scary films either, but as V Halloween, you tend not to pull any punches in your choices. And, um, yeah, yeah. I will. I am a wee bit rattled, I've got to say, and I think particularly this year, we really are cramming it in mm-hmm. in a shorter time frame, and it's not really giving me much of a chance to recover. So, yeah, I have been a little edgy about the house on my own at night sometimes
0: that makes me feel a bit better <laughs> your yes, discomfort gives me pleasure Baz. i know i don't makes I me happy chappy um all i'm right. sitting with
1: my butt plug in big man <laughs> very nice very actually nice. that's a lie i'm doing that just for myself
0: <laughs> so um to, to to pierce the fourth wall so to speak um we met up today briefly yes yeah um, we did briefly yeah, yep and when we were having a bit of a chat you mentioned that you had um something on oh, the oh i
1: forgot about this yes like, tivo
0: box and stuff yep. or whatever yep. it is that you use Baz, i'm not sure um but you had american horror stories is it the sixth season now? Is that yeah, what we're on? Season six, episode one, recorded the other night. Holy shit. How did that happen? How
1: six we six years into this? Um,
0: and
3: it's weird,
1: actually, because it, it can't be six years, because it was you that turned me on to the first season. Uh, it is six years. Do you know what one I mean? A, yeah, it's one a, no, it's
0: one a year. Is it?
1: Yeah.
2: Bloody it's, hell.
0: This will be the sixth year. So it's nuts. It's like honestly, this year, in like the years now are just all disappearing. Um, and it's it's weird because like t- to me, on some level, American Horror Story kind of kicks off the you know the 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 prep for for Halloween for me because you know yep. it comes in just just about the mid September mark. And then Walking Dead comes in just at about the October mark. And then we really are, we're getting horror TV shows and I'm watching loads of horror movies and and all the rest. So American Horror Story really is that TV show that kind of signals the the return of of Halloween for me. Um, And already in season six, there was a huge amount... A speculation flying around as to what
1: this season would be. I mean, they've had oh, they took the piss this year, <laughs> with them, man. didn't they? They really turned the fucking thumbscrews. Terrible.
0: Think, I think it's one of the best kind of viral marketing campaigns for for a TV show in recent memory. I can't oh, think of where,
1: where are they, well, I mean, there was you saw it. They, my wife was there. We were having this conversation today, mm-hmm. and you. You, she wasn't aware of this so you explained the kind of marketing campaign now well my wife doesn't work in marketing that's what her degree is from uni yeah. she did a degree in marketing and uh, it blew her mind she's yeah. like that's fucking amazing idea do you yeah, know what I mean yeah. and it absolutely is because I, I was utterly psyched when the first kind of thing leaked mm-hmm. about the kind of Virginia Roanoke type storyline yep. I was like oh that sounds amazing and then I was going on like YouTube and there was other ones coming on and I'm like what's with the swamp thing <laughs> You know, I mean, well, what does wind chimes got to do with it? Right, where are they going? And then you would explain, no, 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 there's about 12 different yeah. possible stories here, and they just aren't going to tell you which one it is. Yeah, but
0: Fuckers. Which, is, which is brilliant, and I, it's I genius, that. genius, yeah. Because yeah. generally by this time, you know, even a week, two weeks, maybe a couple of months out, we already, I think for hotel, we already knew at least two months out that it was going to be called hotel, yeah, um, and we had a rough idea of what that meant. Yeah, and, and things had started to leak about some of the characters as well. We knew yeah. what Gaga
1: was going to be doing and that kind of stuff. Do you know what I mean? It was all out
0: there, and I think they've done the right idea by by teasing so many different possibilities that you're almost servicing the, the, the populace with disinformation yeah. in a way which makes, you know, any rumours online kind of... Approach with a degree of skepticism, you know, because you've heard so much, you've seen so much. Um, the, the, the funny thing about it is that you you were right, there was a story leaked a couple of weeks ago about the possibility of, of this Roanoke myth a yeah, story or some, legend.
1: Some photographs were leaked, one of which had a tree with the word Croatone in it. And um, I rather amusingly tweeted at the time to American Horror Story, you had me a Croatone. Yeah, because um, I, I think i said this in an earlier show I'm familiar with the legend of Roanoke mm-hmm. and the Lost Colony and all that and um, I love that story I yeah. absolutely fucking love it and I thought oh this is amazing it'll be a bit like the witch and a bit like the Salem witch trials that's no, going to be fucking awesome mm-hmm. and then all this other crap came out and I'm like that. oh god right it could just be swamp thing and we'll, we've watched that recently that didn't go well <laughs> <laughs> and the thing is it, it, it kind of it,
0: I mean ultimately what has come out and we're not spoiling anything because by the time you're hearing this episode we will almost be at the mid-season break for American yeah. Horror Story yeah. so taking into account there's only been one episode aired by the time you hear this episode ladies and Gents so if you're wondering why we're so far behind on the news in it this is why <laughs> um, it was recorded a wee while ago uh, but it was revealed ultimately that it is Roanoke but yes but what they've done is, in my opinion, is they've they've done something I have never seen in a TV show before, and it the the opening episode kind of blew my mind. Yeah, like kind of blew my mind. Um, so we both watched episode um one, and I think what was what was really really interesting about it um was that sitting down to watch it, I instantly got a bit confused because what they were doing is they are they are sitting down having it's like a documentary almost it's like at a first i thought it was the blair witch i thought yeah. this is where we were going we're going to do like some sort of weird blair witchy sort of story thing and um, because we were we we're hearing these people talk and then we were seeing like not film footage per se but we were seeing footage of a reenactment of sorts but this is where it threw me like and i'm usually quite quick on the button with these things, Buzz. Um, I was about a good five, you know, maybe even ten minutes into it before I realised that there was two sets of actors playing
1: the same role. I uh, the one that got me is in the sort of interview segments, if you like. So it's supposed to be the real people that this actually happened to. Mm-hmm. What the female one is the girl who played the kind of Stevie Nicks type witch character in Coven. Yes, that's I Can't right. remember the girl's name, right? So then it then cuts to her kind of backstory, mm-hmm. and it's her meeting the other fellow who's played by Cuba Gooding Jr., which is awesome because I love Cuba. He's my yep. man. Um and then I'm going Wait a minute, that's Sarah Paulson. <laughs> Alright, so Sarah Paulson. I'm just getting confused because they're both blonde hair, but I'm shallow that way. No, <laughs> that's that's not Sarah Paulson. And then I realise that Sarah Paulson is playing Stevie Nick's chick. And but you know, blew my mind.
0: Yeah. Absolutely blew my mind. I was. I, I what I love about it is that it's basically taking this format of a documentary. It's like yeah. a, a a reenacted documentary. Um, almost like you can imagine on some level as you, you watch these shows like Most Haunted and things like that. It's almost kind of poking fun at that. Uh, to, to an extent, but the the story the documentary we're watching is called My Roanoke Nightmare,
2: yeah.
0: Um, and where we are at the in the first episode is we have Shelby and Matt. Uh, this couple that you said in the reenactment are played by Sarah Paulson and Cuba Gooden Jr who like you I think he's fucking great and yeah, he's he, awesome seems, man. he seems to have fallen out of favour I don't know what he did I don't want to know what he did that he went from being a fairly successful A-list star to nothing and what this is what I love about American Horror Story as well American Horror Story will throw a lifeline yeah. Characters that you really like that haven't worked in a while that can maybe get for a wee bit cheaper now, um, and they did. The, they've done the same with Angela Bassett in the past. They've done the same with um, Kathy Bates. Yeah, I was just um, going to say Kathy Bates. She was quite quiet for many years. Yeah. Um, what's her face? Lang. Uh, Jessica, Jessica Lang. Lang. Yeah. Who you know? Who d- dominated the first four seasons um of American Horror Story was an actress who was you know in her day was huge um and it was a big deal that they got her in and I think because the show getting more popular as well and it's wins awards every year it wins Emmys and you know it, it does really well in that that thing it's making these actors and actresses the likes of a Cuba Gunning Jr going you know what I'm gonna spend you know <laughs> I'm gonna spend a couple of months doing some American horror story. And I think mm. it's I think it's fucking wonderful. I was so... Yeah, absolutely.
1: I was delighted when I saw he was in it.
0: Yeah, so happy. So, uh, Shelby and Matt, um, uh, they used to live in LA. They were kind of hippie-ish to an extent. You know, you know these kind of eating kale and... and yeah, doing she's big yoga. into yoga and all that, yeah. Yeah, the, the kind of cliche kind of LA lifestyle. Um, and Shelby's had a miscarriage and she's a bit rattled by it. So, Matt moves them from the, the glitz and glamour of L.A. to North Carolina, as you do. Virginia. Uh, yeah. Is, is it North, I thought it was in North Carolina.
1: I, I I assumed it was in Virginia. Maybe I'm wrong. Sorry, maybe I'm wrong. I just, that's probably me, because the whole uh, Roanoke thing was in Virginia. Uh, right, right. So I've maybe just taken that as that. He does mention about going to Raleigh at one point, which is in North Carolina. So ah, you might right. be right. Like, right.
0: the they go somewhere anyway, and as they're walking about in the woods, they come across this uh, I think it's they said it was like a seventeenth century kind of farmhouse or yeah, something. Yeah, they call it a
1: farmhouse. It looks like a fucking mansion. It's, you don't, huge. it's you know, huge. You, you don't you get imagine... houses like that in the Gmuth.
0: <laughs> you <laughs> imagine it being like from from back in back in the time of like slavery and stuff like that. Yeah, huge in the colonial households. days, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. Um so the the they're interested in it and they attend an auction where there's these three rather disturbing hillbilly sort of redneck hick people there and um, they outbid them, get the, the house for a steal um, and they're in doing it up and as they're doing it up, weird things start to happen um, and that's kind of, the the first episode follows these strange kind of events that are happening while they're there, um, shelby is increasingly more paranoid that someone is trying to stalk her hurt her or watching her that they move um matt's sister lee played in this this uh reenactment by the fantastic angela bassett who is once again complete fucking badassness love seeing her on on the screen and she's playing like a a, a cop that has been...
1: She's a uh, troubled ex-cop. That's what I was looking for. And wh- why is she in trouble, Baz? Uh, she like the old prescription medication.
2: Mm-hmm. And
1: they don't um, like you No, know, they're not that keen on that. And then she's going chasing after guys, shooting at guys, full of the old hillbilly heroin. <laughs> and uh, they're not going to well with her superiors. She does seem a bit of a biatch as well. It's got to be said. She does
0: seem like she's got a bit of a chip on her shoulder, yeah, um, yeah. and she does not like Shelby. She because Shelby's the exact opposite of her, you know, in terms of of, of characters. One, she's white. <laughs> two, she's into all this eating healthy and yoga and all the rest. And like Angela Bassett has seen some shit, um, that she's not <laughs> really into this pish. Um, but right enough, the two of them come under this. This, the same sort of thing that um, Shelby's been experiencing, weird kind of pig like squeals um, strange noises out and about and um, what they think is the presence of someone in the house, they make their way to the basement and there is a TV screen set up playing a videotape, so now we're in kind of found footage sort of territory and it is yeah. like a found footage tape, it's someone out in the woods um, who has captured this, and I'll, I will say this right now, see, when I watched, there are very few things that make me, like, look at the screen and say, what the fuck is that, and an icy chill <laughs> goes over my body. The thing that did it most recently, and it left me stumped, I, I like, I, in fact, both seasons of True Detective have done this, in season one, there was a scene just as they, they kind of try and start to piece together, there is some one killer out there, uh, and this is not a spoiler per se, if you've not seen season one, but a guy comes out of a... He walks out, he's covered in tattoos, he's just wearing his underwear and a gas mask, and you get, like, a five-second clip of this before the episode finishes, and, and baz, it left me... I, I was
1: skeeved out, I was... I, I, I didn't know what it was, it just seemed so unnatural... Um, Yeah, see, I get freaked out with things like that as well. The one that always sticks in the back of my head was that scene in Poughkeepsie when the guy comes crawling through with a mask on the back of his head.
0: Yeah, the plague mask, Uh. yeah. It's it's, it's creepy. And in the second season of True Detective, there was a guy that was wearing a giant crow's head. And it just seemed so unnatural because the head looked so realistic that I was freaked the fuck out. And we had a snapshot in here of what appeared to be a, a naked person um, wearing a pig's head on their head.
1: Or was it a pig man?
0: Or was it a pig man? And th- well done, Baz. You this, just don't know. This is, well, pig man is like a myth in America that has already been touched upon by American Horror Story in season one.
2: Oh, is yeah. well, it? Yeah.
1: That was purely a guess in my part, but I was just been smart ass.
0: Well, Ryan Murphy said many times that the seasons all exist within the same universe. That's why... Um, certain characters have appeared in certain seasons as older or younger versions of themselves. Mm-hmm. So there's mm-hmm. this kind of through line through it. But he's also publicly publicly stated that season six will be the season that starts to tie up a lot more of these loose ends. And in season one, we get a flashing image of Pigman basically killing a guy who says, basically, it's like a Bloody Mary thing. You say his name three times in front of oh, him. All right. Pigman yeah, comes yeah. and kills you. And we saw a scene of that in season one. So, is this related? Is it Pigman? Is it the curse of? Pig- There's so many questions that come up. um Sarah Paulson's character Shelby is freaked the fuck out. She gets in her car when she realizes that Matt and Lee don't want to leave, and she hurls it out of there <laughs> at great speed. Yeah. Um, and then knocks over Kathy Bates, who's dressed in ye old timey gear. She's got the old uh, the old uh, pilgrim uh, sort of get up. And then she realizes that Kathy Bates is like seems to be down, but she gets up and walks into the woods. She chases after her in the woods, and we appear to stumble upon some sort of either uh, paganistic or s- satanic ceremony and that's where the episode finished. Baz, what yeah, did you... See, I, have a
1: I have a different theory on that ending, though.
0: Oh, right. Well, this, this well, I was about to ask you what you made of it, so you tell me what you think. Because I, I was just like, I don't have a fucking clue what's going on. Which is yeah, the best I mean... you'll
1: have first Oh, absolutely. First I, I thought for the first episode it was stunning. thought mm-hmm. it was absolutely brilliant. I will temper that with even... Uh, the one criticism I have had of American Horror Story in the past is it always starts off fucking strong. Yeah. it doesn't always hold it mm. Um like even i've made no secret of the fact that i didn't particularly like coven coven started off really strong for me the scenes where Cathy bates and the slave boys early on in coven were horrifying yeah absolutely horrifying like fucked up horrifying kind of thing do you know what mm. i mean really made a mess of me but it, it didn't last for me that season um so yeah i have struggled with that a little bit in the past american horror stories so well I hope this one goes the way that something like Hotel did. You Mm -hmm. know what I mean? Um, Obviously, I was delighted when I realised it was the Roanoke storyline because I was really, really excited about that. And then it was kind of taken away from me when all the other shit came (laughs) out. But what I was... One of the theories I actually had in my head before we got to the end of the episode was... Because obviously, as you see, it's done like a full documentary and I'm like that. I wonder, do they have the balls to do a different story slash documentary in every episode. Oh, right. Because it's not beyond the realms of possibility that they would try something like that. I really, to be honest, was hoping that they didn't because, to me, the strength of American Horror Story is fleshing out all of the backstories and that, you can't do that if you're changing it every hour. That's you true. You know what I mean? But I thought it wouldn't surprise me if they did try and do something like that. Thankfully, it doesn't look like they
2: have.
1: Mm-hmm. Um, so it looks like we're going to get the Roanoke thing, which I'm really excited about. Um, Yeah, I was cock-a-hooped by Cuba. Putting in an appearance, was delighted to see him join the cast. Uh, Mm -hmm. As I say, I'm a big fan of the guy. He's an actor. I think he's great. Um, It took me a minute to realise that was Kathy Bates, she knocked down. Mm -hmm. Um, It did take a wee second look. Then, my theory on the ending, I think that is the lost colony of Roanoke. All right. I think they're kind of trapped in between time if you like do you know what i mean Uh and you know they're they're appearing in the presence so i think that was like a you know a a colony of 16th century settlers right um you know and then they think they're in their time or whatever or or they're aware but I, i think that's who they were i don't think it was a ritual i think that was the people from the lost colony
0: Actually, you know this is going to be really interesting because when this episode drops, you will have a you will probably know what, what that yeah. means. So it'll, be, it'll yeah. be interesting. Baz said it here first, ladies and gentlemen, <laughs> just in case it comes true. Baz said it here first. Yeah, yeah. I, I dug it. I thought it was I thought it was great. Like you, I I always go into American Horror Story kind of safe and understanding that you know it can all go tits up and sometimes does. Um, I've still not seen a season that I disliked, which is unusual for a show that does as much crazy as they do. Um, and yeah, I can't wait. This is already like it finished. I turned around and said to my wife, "I was like that." This is fucking amazing already. Yeah. It's got me. It's got me hook, line, and sinker. One
1: episode in, and the, the fact that it oh. ties into an actual kind of historical event. Mm-hmm. You know, the the, the lost call and it, it did happen. You know, it's documented that it happened. and are all sorts of valid historical theories, conspiracy theories, but nobody <laughs> does actually know. And I, I think, to the best of my knowledge, it's the first time that they've actually grounded something in you know, a kind of real-life event, for want of a better term. Yeah, for
0: for a full event, though, I mean, they peppered things through before Black Dahlia um, springs to mind. Yeah, yeah, they've kind of touched on it, yeah. Yeah, Yeah. but they haven't actually physically said, right, this is, you know, a historical event of of some importance. It's in the lexicon of of what we know in terms of history, folklore, etc. Now we're based on a whole you know show rimmed it yeah they've yeah. never they've never done that before and from what i I gather and I, I don't I know less about it than you do um just from having a quick read online and things um as soon as it was an instant Roanoke Uh, I thought there is so much scope and so much room to do whatever you want here because no one knows what happened
1: no nobody's a clue at all and as you say it it opens up to anything and let's face it if anybody's got the fucked up imagination to play a bit with our story it's the guys that do American Horror Story do you know what I mean?
0: agreed 100% so uh, yeah hopefully by the time this episode airs me and Baz are still as excited you never know
1: fingers crossed big man but i'm very hopeful
0: yes as has got has got me grabbed uh, right so we have two movies to discuss like i say you are already two points clear um, and yeah. which is good uh, this is a uh, four points to the Baz, two points to halloween and um, this week's movies uh, slightly different change of pace And I'll explain the justification for each of them as we move into them, but we should probably start where it seems logical, which is the first movie, (laughs) which is Absentia from 2011. So, myself and the Baz are going to take a short break just now. You hear promos for shows that I love. You're going to hear the trailer for Absentia when we return. We're discussing that movie right after this.
3: Hello, and welcome to Hello, This is the Doom Show. I'm Richard, and I hate the burning. Sheesh. Who are you? Speak. <laughs> and I'm Brad. She came in and said, bark, 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 and he said, bark, 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 and she said, bark, bark, bark. that's what I got. One is the Susperia boner, the other's the Inferno boner. <laughs> which, anyway, which one is crying? <laughs> the boner of tears. <laughs> hello this is the doomed show is available on hello doomed and doomedmoviethon.com hello, hello. Hello?
2: Hello, who
3: is this? Who are you trying to reach? I don't know. Oh, I think you've got the wrong number. Do I? I'm going to hang up. Wait, don't hang up. What's that noise? Popcorn. You're making popcorn? Uh-huh. I only need popcorn when I
2: listen to podcasts. I'm about
0: to listen to a podcast. Oh, really? Which one? Probably the podcast on Haunted Hill. Is that
3: the one with the two guys with the beards? Uh Yeah, Dan and Gav. Was scary. I liked it.
0: Most episodes they look at two different horror movies Each episode they look at a world of a strange Where they look at weird things from around the world Sometimes they even do special episodes Where they look at different genres Or directors, discographies And talk about them hmm. Do you
3: have a boyfriend? Maybe So where can I find the podcast on Haunted
0: Hill? Well you can go to legionpodcast.com Facebook, Twitter Or just go into iTunes and search for the podcast on
1: Haunted Hill so, are you going to ask me out? Try and try and stay to the end of this film, we dare you. No problem, son. No fucking problem at all. And i am put in my notes, I'm quite unnerved at this point. The big bang and like the, the camera kind of shudders. So there's a kind of movement to this bang. And at this point, I was quite freaked out, I think. I've written here, right, the go get Arturo, brackets, Oscar's brother, and go to house. Out come the glocks. Yeah. Jesus wept. This time she's just dragged right down the stairs and right into that cellar that we've seen previously, kind of thing. Mm -hmm. Um, I've written here, shat myself. They use a Simon toy as a Ouija board and I've written here right after that beyond shite so they get out the old faithful Ouija board never ends well Uh, I don't think a Ouija board has ever been brought out anywhere either on television or in real life and ended well by the way just don't ever fucking get one kids at this point I had one of my little involuntary shits
3: Oh yes,
1: but um, <laughs> um, and my vast virus database has just told me it's updated there and scared seven shades of shit right out me. <laughs> I fucking hate computers. <laughs> we then go back to what I'm now referring to is we just aiming. Um, and I can't even remember what happened there because my notes say utter shite or just fucking dreadful. <laughs>
2: <laughs> so bad.
1: Bazvi Halloween,
3: year three. Hey. Hi. It's really good to see you. It's really good to see you. I brought some stuff for the little nephew-niece or whatever. Death in absentia. Once you declare someone dead... It's a different deal. I'm here to help you file that paperwork. It's time, right? Yeah. call them lucid dreams that you're having. They started about the time you decided to declare him dead in absentia. You're describing visual, auditory, even tactile hallucinations. He's not the only one, not even close. They declared Walter dead in 2002. I ran into him just last week. You see me? Left behind his son who says his dad was taken away by a monster. It's sleeping. I saw it. You hallucinated it. Things go missing in this neighborhood, and those things turn up in one place. I was seeing things too, It felt so real. We found a body in the tunnel. Oh my god. Can you see your eyes?
1: We're going to need to question you a lot
3: more. I swear to you, I could hear him in the walls.
0: And welcome back. So you've just heard the trailer for our first movie, We are discussing Absentia from 2011, written and directed by Mike Flanagan. The movie stars Catherine Parker, Courtney Bell, Dave Levine, Justin Gordon, Morgan Peter Brown, James Flanagan, Doug Jones, Scott Graham, Connie Ventress, Ian Gregory and Mark Domonski. the synopsis is a woman and her sister begin to link a mysterious tunnel to a series of disappearances including that of her own husband that is slightly misleading
1: yeah it's a very bad synopsis
0: yeah and factually inaccurate um, right the reason this movie um, was selected is in the man who wrote and directed it. Mike Flanagan is a director that Baz, you've already had a bit of experience with, and you have dug Let me...
1: Whoa, 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 whoa. Did he do It Follows? No. Oh. <laughs> well, that's completely arsed a theory I've written down extensively through my notes. <laughs> Carry on, Duncan. Uh, Mike Flanagan <laughs> um, followed
0: up Absentia with Oculus,
1: all oh, right, right, okay. And then after Oculus did Hush. Nah, yeah. You've actually told me this fairly recently. Yes. Um, it, it's just in one year, not the other, with me, don't be honest. It's like you're not even talking to me sometimes. I kind, just don't pay any attention.
0: I kind of love this guy. Um, I like. I have like a ridiculous like, horror director crush on Flanagan.
1: Um, yeah. He's oculus got, was amazing you bought me oculus as a birthday present yeah, and it was fucking awesome
0: yeah just just a bit just a bit um so i i i where to start with this right absentia is technically the first movie i saw by him um however i had seen the short he did for oculus which predates absentia so oh like a short
1: felt like a wee five minute number yeah based-
0: and it dates from 2006, but I didn't see it until circa 2012, which is about the same time I saw Accenture. Um So he did Absentia first, and then saw Oculus. I followed him through to Hush. He has another movie which is, I believe, in a bit of production hell at the moment, um, in terms of, well, sorry, distribution hell, called Before I Wake. It has been released in certain places. I believe it is online to download, legally, if you want to. Um, but hasn't been formally released, which seems strange. Um, he's also got another movie coming out, not that far away now, which is the the new Ouija movie, Ouija Origin of Evil, and the trailer. Is that from, like
1: a follow up to Ouija?
0: Yes, and I right, hated yeah. Ouija, but the trailer for this one genuinely got me like hooked. it's it's a prequel it's a period piece i was like this is amazing can't wait to see it and he's most recently been announced as involved with directing uh gerald's game which is gerald's game yeah
1: which is a stephen king right uh, i'm thinking harry's game all right (laughs) it was an early 80s tv show Yeah, nothing nothing related at all, sorry. So it's 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 based
0: on a Stephen King novel of the same name, so this is him undertaking a bit of King work. And what I love about Mike Flanagan is absolutely every horror movie he's done has tackled a completely different aspect of horror, and he kind of makes it his own. Um, Mm -hmm. So Absentia is, well, we'll get into Absentia, but Oculus was your kind of haunted house affair. Uh, a haunted yeah. object affair and it was done in a way which felt really fresh. Uh, Hush was kinda his take on um home invasion slasher sort of stuff. Once again thought it felt really fresh, really original. Um I believe Before I wake is um you know it's, it's all to do with uh sleep I think it's sleep deprivation or, or nightmares becoming reality which once again completely different and Ouija is well it's part of a franchise so he's you know anything that guy's name's attached to just now I'm on board with his name was linked to the upcoming Halloween reboot movie uh, but has since been removed so he, so that was just a, a rumour flying around but that you know as soon as that was announced I was like oh dear god so now that I'm finished gushing about uh, Mike Flanagan <laughs> and ruined your notes sorry Buzz Um I've sent you has a lot of accolades behind it. It is a woefully underseen horror movie, primarily because it's it's not your conventional sort of horror movie. Um and yeah, that's why I chose it for you. I'm gonna I'm gonna be honest here I have not a fucking clue where you're gonna land with us at all. And this is the one you watch during the day. Yes it is this is the
1: one I watch in the morning.
0: Motherfucker. Um so Baz, the floor is yours. Please let myself know and all your adoring listeners in the <laughs> in, in, in the world, right round the world, listening sexually up against our players
1: right now. Uh, what you made of Absentia? Certainly, shall I will say actually. Since we've redecorated my uh, living room, I do have fairly hefty curtains and blinds, and it so that I wasn't sitting sunning myself. <laughs> Out the back on a fucking Lilo, watching this movie on my laptop. It's the principle you know I mean? of the thing, it's the principle. All right, wind your neck in, Melvin. <laughs> right, um, yeah. So, settled. Didn't watch the other morning. Um, directed by Mike Flanagan. That came up on the screen, and I've written here in my notes who everyone in the Facebook group seems to be talking about at the moment. By a fucking no idea, and I, I did know that he'd done things that I'd seen because mm. I'd been made aware of this of you. I forget though, my memory's shite these days. I'm so old um and i came up with my own theory <laughs> on who he was <laughs> that you'll all find out about in a wee while um yeah so the film it's weird actually because the the cover of the dvd actually kind of displays the final scene right so
2: i thought, this is confusing also, also, sorry this yeah. was
0: confusing me because there are different covers that i've seen before um two of the covers i've seen are um of the the, the main character in, you know standing in the underpass and then there's one where she appears to be getting hauled away that's
1: it so that's that the, one oh, that's that's fucking, that was the cover a... of my dvd right but that aside it, it, the thing that got me with that is it makes it look like drag me to hell or something like that uh-huh. it makes it look like a very like wreck or or you know you no know, maybe no wreck but that fucking was it outbreak or whatever they called it yeah you know the american remake of wreck quarantine. they make it yeah, quarantine it, it looks like a very convent, conventional type of horror film from the cover the particular cover in the dvd i have anyway uh-huh. and this film is not conventional at all Quite not odd odds it's a quirky film.
0: Yeah, it's it's got yeah, that, that indie record. horror aesthetic. Yeah,
1: yeah, total, totally. Um, it starts off with there's a woman walking down the street. She's basically replacing a load of old missing person posters, so she's taking down the old ones and putting a new copy of it up. She's pregnant, and she's called Trisha. Um, she then meet now I've written here. She then meets up with her hot friend. <laughs> That's actually our hot sister. Um, who's come to visit her from Texas, right? And right from the start, we get a lot of kind of shots of this what we would probably call an underpass in this country. Um it's a tunnel, kind of slash walkway. So there's a motorway and you can walk through this tunnel underneath it to get to the other side of the motorway without across the motorway, obviously. Um, and you keep getting shots of that so early early and obviously if you read the back of the fucking DVD you become aware it's to do by a tunnel so I'm like oh that'll be the tunnel then Um yeah I've then written here been the penny dropped that the friend is actually her sister Callie
2: mm-hmm.
1: she's still hot <laughs> Um and she's come to see her she's pregnant so she gives us some kind of gifts one of which is a copy of the Billy Goat's Gruff
2: mm-hmm.
1: which set alarm bells ringing for me right away because if anybody knows the story of the Billy Goat's Gruff which I do, because yep. my daughter was obsessed with it when she was a kid. It's about the the goats trying to cross the bridge and there's the monster that lives in the hollow under the bridge,
3: mm-hmm.
1: the, the the troll. Um, my daughter used to make me do this
3: trip, trap trip, trap
1: thing every time she crossed a bridge <laughs> and she'd scream and run across the bridge. I didn't and then know there was a thing worked. over there. You know what i mean? You I think it's just one of these classic kind of fairy yeah you know children's tales like little red riding hood everybody knows that
0: yeah i just like the like billy goats gruffs in scottish if you know what oh, I mean. well well i tell you what here's a little fascinating bit of info for you don't see this is what i do i, I set up the questions and then i let you educators us knock it out the park big man <laughs> in a
1: baseball analogy <laughs> right you mentioned earlier on there, we're talking about American Horror Story, you mentioned hillbillies. Yes. Do you know where that comes from? Uh, no. That comes from King Billy, oh. who is the 17th century monarch who came over to claim the throne of the United Kingdom. Mm-hmm. and defeated, He was a Protestant king and he defeated Catholic King James at the Battle of the Boy. Is this, Wil- this is, William of Orange? William of Orange, yes. and that's what is celebrated by the Orange Order in Northern Ireland and Scotland mm-hmm. every July. You see the big parades, you see them on the news and stuff like that. Um, the, the colloquialism for William of Orange uh, is King Billy, that's what they call him. The people that settled in the kind of Appalachian areas in the kind of mountainous regions of America when the mass migration from Europe went over, a lot of them came from the northern part of Ireland. They were Ulster Scots Mm -hmm. um, because they were familiar with how to live in that kind of terrain, Mm -hmm. you know, in mountainous, unfriendly, you know, terrain, as it were, kind of thing. And they became known as hillbillies Ah. because King Billy, the, the Ulster Protestant Scottish thing, Billy from King Billy, and they lived in the hills. And that's where hillbillies comes from. I did not know that. Get your coat, son,
0: you've just been fucking schooled. <laughs> I actually get this feeling that, see, while I was like, oh, I just imagine this collective sound going around the whole world, the people going,
1: huh. <laughs> so- yeah, yeah. However, I don't think these wee goats had anything to do with the sectarian troubles in Ireland. I might be wrong, but I, I think they were just goats. <laughs> but yeah, I like
0: what I love about what I love it, and I don't want to steal your thunder. But what I love about the fact you know this novel's kind of handed over is that you know it very very clearly puts out right at the beginning of this film kind of the 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 modus operandi of what Flanagan's doing here, which is kind of yeah. like yeah. you know a, 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 an updated sort of idea of. Um, like a fairy tale or a, you know, a kid's story, but manifested as, as a full movie. And I, I love that. I, the small things like that, that just get me thinking that the guy is the greatest guy ever.
1: Kind of want to marry him. <laughs> <laughs> Moving on for your man crush. <laughs> um, yeah. So the same that this friend turns out to be our sister Callie. She gives her the Billy Goats Gruff book for this child that's imminent. Um, I've written here she's been travelling. There's talk of a clinic, I think. She's a former junkie, which is correct. Yes. So it's not necessarily really travelling. But, yeah, she's a sort of recovering drug addict. Um, And we find out at this point that, basically, Trisha's husband, Daniel, who was the guy in the photographs, has been missing for seven years now. Mm -hmm. So, obviously, this baby's not his. Um, And she's sort of looking into or going through the process of having him declared legally dead because there's been basically no sightings of them in, in the seven years kind of thing
0: or is they uh, not in america you declare him in absentia oh right yeah dead in absentia yeah and this is where uh-huh. this is where the this is where the film's theme
1: comes from you really built that out to be something there that it's not do but yeah yeah, yeah you <laughs>
0: generally this is, you motherfucker see when you do it it's fine See when you go at like that. I've got the panache to pull something like that off, it's See when you're like that and that um, she goes on a camping trip down to Lake Mungo, which is where the movie gets its name from. Everyone's like, yeah, Baz, we know that. Except yeah, I mean, me, I'm I usually like, ooh, that. that's right, Baz, yeah. I, I do it on the show. Pattern. I do it on the show, and you're like, you built that to be something that's not cliche.
1: I mean it's like it's, it's on your delivery, big man, I've got the snappy pattern, and the sexual machismo <laughs> to pull off. This is true, this is true. We will not argue that. <laughs> let's get moving on we're not even through the first three minutes of the film yet um Callie we see Callie unpacking so basically she's staying for a while um she's unpacking um and she has this wee box unfortunately it's not her wee box if you know what I mean oh, it's just bad.
2: a wee box no. that she hides
1: under the bed so you know there's badness there um oh. That night, Trisha then, she's this really creepy dream about Daniel, where basically we see Daniel for the first time kind of thing, but he looks all pale and fucked looking. Um, and she, he kind of grabs her and, and she wakes up, so it's, it's all just been a dream. Or has it? Um, in the morning, goes out for a jog. Um, and she runs through this tunnel. The um, whole time she's running through the tunnel, you're shitting yourself that something terrible's going to happen to her. She clears it, No bother. Uh, she does however run back through it and on the way back through it she finds a dishevelled man lying on the ground yes Um she basically thinks he's kind of homeless or possibly a junkie or something like that Um and he's like oh I'm not getting to give you like well hold on a minute here then you're the ex-junkie you know what I mean share the love a wee bit you know what I mean <laughs> you think you'd be a little bit more sympathetic to the guy's fucking plight mm-hmm. Um but the guy there's something not quite right you know it's not as straightforward as what she thinks it is he starts babbling about it being asleep something is asleep we don't know what Um, and his name is Walter and he then starts shouting about his son and his boy kind of thing right she's not really up for this she fucks off Um, although she does go back shortly after this with a little tupperware of food which I'll come on to in a minute so she's, she's got this whole kind of born-again Christian thing going you know, on, which appears to be part of her recovery. Mm-hmm. She up, no, she likes a wee prayer now and then. Um, she goes back in the house, there's a detective there, uh, who on the surface is there to sort of tie up the loose ends of filling in these forms to get him declared dead in absentia. It is obvious to even the most rudimentary layman that he is this baby's father. He has been putting the D... See, Trisha's V as it were <laughs> um, <laughs> when he leaves Trisha closes the door and Daniel's standing behind it going I know what you did and then he disappears so Trisha appears to be getting these little visions of Daniel um, at varying points so see calling is back out to the food maybe, uh, back out of the tunnel rather maybe some food for Walter and um, she says to her sister it's a Christian thing right? but he's gone and um, but she leaves the food. Uh, that night Trisha then appears to have another nightmare about Daniel, but this time he's like attacking her baby. Mm-hmm. Like he's trying to pull the baby out of her stomach, and that's quite unpleasant. Got to see. Goes to see a shrink, who tells her that these are basically lucid dreams. So these dreams where, you know, you can smell things and touch things and all that, you know, they're, they're so vivid kind of thing. Um and he's basically tells her it's just the stress of declaring him dead. It's a a big kind of moving on step and you know th- this is causing you to react in this kind of way uh, yeah Callie is out jogging again um, when she comes back there's like in a kind of pile of trinkets on the floor I think the, when we saw Walter earlier on I'm sure he had little trinkets like wee necklaces and things yeah. um, when she goes back there's a pile of this crap on the porch Uh, she takes them over to the tunnel thinking that they're Walters and that that this weird guy turns up and basically tells her not to fucking do that Um, but she does it anyway which she will live to regret (laughs) Uh, (laughs) yeah oh the other the the cop as well the detective guy also did mention uh, a lot of break-ins in the area and Mm. stuff like that and missing pets um, they go to sign these absentia documents. There's a revision of Daniel there. The revisions of Daniel are quite good because they kind of tend to come when you're not expecting them. Mm-hmm. So they're actually used as quite as a good a good wee tool, not necessarily for jump scares, but really for unnerving you. Yeah,
3: exactly. Um,
1: you know more than a, a screaming jump scare kind of thing, although you do get a wee bit of fright. Um. Yeah, that night. Uh, Oh, Callie's brushing her teeth. There's a creepy scene with the shower curtain um, where it appears to move. You can hear these kind of noises and it's like it's moving, but when she looks, there's nothing there, but it's quite well done.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: That you know, It's the classic kind of what's behind the shower curtain scene, but it's done really well, I thought. Mm-hmm. Um, Trish is meditating. There's a vision again of Daniel in the background. He kind of tries to talk to her. He's kind of chattering away, but it's completely nonsensical He has. Callie goes to bed. There are trinkets in the bed.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: She shits herself. Uh, it's called. They call the cops. the The detective guy is desperate for Trisha to leave, and at this point, he kind of gives it away that he's been putting the D or V <laughs> and uh, he's like, "You know, I've been telling you for fucking years together. You can come and live with me. You know what I mean?" And Callie, well, you know, she's a recovering drug addict. She's not fucking stupid. Ah. Mm-hmm. Uh, You've been looking at her vagina, um, and apparently a lot more. Uh, yeah, Trisha at work. Yeah, so next, next day, Trisha's at work. Callie gets a wee secret box out once again. Unfortunately, it's not an actual box; it's just a little box under the bed. Trisha comes home and Callie's kind of trying to sort herself out. She's putting eye drops in. It's fairly obvious this is a re drug box. So mm-hmm. while she claims to be off the junk, she still has a, an ongoing relationship with it. Um, none of which unfortunately makes her show a vagina to anybody. Mm-hmm. Um, the death certificate's arrived, uh, which is a bit kind of jarring for Trisha. They then go to view a flat. So, Carly's like, you need to get out of here. Can I move on? You know, with your life and that. Let's get the fuck out of here. She comes across this place. It's for Reg, Takes Trisha, take They like it. It's all good. Going to take it. She goes on a date with a detective guy. You know, mm-hmm. she's sorting her shit out. I mean, my man's dead. Got a certificate and everything. <laughs> I'm to... I'm certificate. Oh. Yeah, I'm going to go. I've got myself a new place. Going to give my wee detective booty call a phone. Get my V filled with his D.
0: Oh, Paz. Jesus Christ.
1: You know, she's letting her hair down. You know, she's moving on with life. Good luck to her. You know what I mean? Live your life. Um, I was was going to do a Saturday Night Live impression there, but it would not have worked. Even a tiny little bit, so I'm not going to.
0: I'm kind of curious now.
1: Uh, There's a, a great... A a, a tragically underused sketch in Saturday Night Live with Amy Poehler from um, Parks and Recreation Uh and the mysteriously hot, uh, what's her name, Maya Rudolph are in. It's called Bronx Beat. They basically played two Bronx housewives that have a cable show. And uh, it's fucking hilarious just the way way they talk. But they're like, yeah, I love your life, man. Have a a glass of wine. Have
0: two. Do what you want.
1: (laughs) It's really funny. The reason I didn't do it is because I've just done it there and, as you see, it barely <laughs> evoked a response because I can't do a female Bronx accent. So, look it on YouTube. It's very funny. Jake Gyllenhaal appears in it. Oh, in I do one, like one Jake Gyllenhaal. It's good. He gets the piss rips right in. Oh, no. Uh, not poor Jake.
0: <laughs> and yeah. What I love about this scene is, though, is, like, like you say, as soon as she she's like all press. she's received this, you know, death certificate and all the rest, and her sister drags her out. and then you really get like a like a montage of about three minutes of moving on with your life, like yeah. music and everything's great and packing, moving to
1: your place and all the rest. Uh, things can yeah, only get better. All from- that's missing is a little, you know, like fucking spontaneous moonwalk down the street. <laughs> You know what I mean high five in school kids as she goes. But you know what
0: I, mean? I mean I mean this is obviously the signal for her moving on to a better life, which must happen with the cops you live as.
1: Well, that's what you think. The cops cock a hoot because I think he's he's been like furtively fingering her in the background, oh, right? Jesus Christ. Obviously he's not meant because he's he's active on her case. <laughs> he's active on a few other fucking parts as well, if you know what I'm
2: saying. Read
1: sure. um, the rights to the V, is that what you're
2: saying?
1: Yeah, yeah. yeah you have the fucking right to lie down and get seen to him <laughs> you, you have the right to receive the D <laughs> <laughs> well that's a whiskey kicking in there. oh dear <laughs> uh, yeah so uh, basically the, the three
2: minute
1: Rocky montage that you've just described ends with the two of them gaily skipping down the street on their way out on a date now I've got to say though big, uh, what's, what's his name is it Corey, or some fucking. Ryan. Ryan's the cop's name, right? Mm-hmm. Could have been a bit more of an effort, mate. You know what I mean? He's wearing an oversized leather coat, khakis, and like New Balance cross trainers. <laughs> you know, he looks like something out of the American office. <laughs> He's going cash. It's <sighs> oh, really. Just because she's fucking begging <laughs> to you, man. Make an effort. Make her feel special. Do you know what I mean? Anyway. Um. So, i'm just running through saturday night live sketches in my head now. i really need to focus so basically they're off out on their day they're fucking delighted with themselves he's getting a bit of, you know we're out in public look i've got a girlfriend i did that to her i put that in her uh, and she sees daniel creeping about in the road like a wee dick right but then the <laughs> cop sees daniel too yeah and you're like oh, what, what the fuck how can he see him Obviously, he recognises him because he worked on the case and he goes running over, and it's not a fucking vision. It's actually Daniel back for the dead. Yeah. Talk about what a cop block. <laughs> I mean, if few ex is getting the D off of somebody else, right, you don't want it to be a cop, do you know what I mean? That's not a good fucking place to be, especially if you still have feelings for her, do you know what I mean? But if you want to cock block that son of a bitch, man, come back for the dead seven years later. <laughs> that will fuck his night up. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, that V's out of commission for a wee while now, mate. Trust me. You ain't going to be seeing that for a while. Come <laughs> back for the dead, motherfucker. <laughs> you know what I mean? He's, he's, he's not. He's I've that... up, look, I've not eaten for seven years, <laughs> I'm never going shag you know. You're a malicious, malevolent spirit, you Daniel. <laughs> um, yeah, and I've got it. That blew my fucking mind when that happened, because you're not expecting that you're ah, it's just creepy wee ghost Daniel been a dick again. He's been a dick all the way through the first 20 minutes of this film. Turns out he's just come back to the dead. Um, all joking aside, it's a great scene. Yeah. It's a fucking great scene, because as you say, you get this little montage, everything's going great something at like the grassy junior high do you know what i mean <laughs> just got the date to the prom and all that nah dead husband's back uh timing was fucking impeccable <laughs> I'm yeah if you're gonna do it do it then oh man yeah Cop blocking son of a bitch <laughs> um yeah Beasley's all fucked then he collapses into the cops arms and everything of course trisha passes out as well understandably um so then it cuts later on to the hospital. Um, Trisha has to call his mum. You know, what you say, listen, by the way, your son, I'm out on a date and the wee Dick's turned up.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Like for the dead. Um, Daniel's in bed, there's like a doctor looking at him, and he's asking the doctor if he can see him. Like if the doctor can see Daniel. Mm-hmm. Um, cops are interviewing him. The cops mention that there's evidence of like severe physical abuse kind of thing. All he really says is that he was underneath. That's all he'll really kind of say. Um, Right, now, here we go. Here we go. In my notes, at this (laughs) point, we're just shy of the midway mark now, I think. We're not quite halfway, but I've put this film reminds me visually and tonally of It Follows. Agreed 100%. What I've not written down here is the follow up thought, and I was like, oh, that's who the Flanagan guy is. He did, It Follows. Right, I've got you. No, no it didn't, but that's where I've gone. So basically, from now on, I think this is the director of It Follows' previous film. Right? Mm-hmm. Anywho, uh, Trisha and that, they take Daniel home. Um And then basically, as they get him out of the car, he, he looks over at the tunnel and wets himself. Mm-hmm which is uh, uh, quite effective. It was quite well done, I've got to say. For a pissing-yourself scene, it was quite effective. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> Didn't really feel like laughing at the guy, which is normally my first reaction. <laughs> oh. Ah, wet pants. You don't feel like doing that at all. Um, <laughs> cops talk to him again. The detective's being a bit of a dick. Just a dick. Right? Probably backed up. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Boys are probably purple right now. She's like <laughs> fucking engorged possibly quite hairy does not look like he manscapes at all <laughs> you know what I mean anywho um, they then fight them cowering in the corner of a room they, they hear some noise they run upstairs oh Daniel's gone again he's not he's just in the corner of a room keeping his own shit <laughs> like shaking you know thing Um. <laughs> <laughs> Weirdly at this point to tell him that like Detective uh, <laughs> Oh why do I keep Ryan, Detective Ryan um has oh. been a bit of a dick maybe has this weasley wee sidekick cop Yeah, D- Detective Lonergan Detective Whitnew? Lonergan Is that actually his name? Yes. Right, I thought that was a playing word, his name was Logan, but he's a bit of a loner. No, it's Detective Lonergan, and uh, Detective Ryan wait, is... Wait a minute, is this more of your mispronunciation? Can no. We let me just jump to the cast listing here. L-O-N-E-R-G-A-N,
0: Lonergan. Lonergan, Lonergan. L-O-N-E-R-G-A-N yeah. And yep. i probably
1: going Lonergan, but I'll give you Lonergan.
0: <laughs> and uh, right. Detective Ryan, uh, Ryan's his first name, it's Mallory, yes. that's his surname.
1: Yes, it is, which actually becomes important later on. And I <laughs> Um, yeah, so Lonergan, like the Weasley we sidekick cop, basically goes like, yeah, you had animal bones in your stomach. He's In fairness, he's doing the
0: job of it. He is, like, the other guy is the shittest detective ever because he's got the blinkers on because he's totally invested. Detective Lonergan is doing what a detective is supposed to do, which is ask questions and try and get answers to solve what's going on
1: know, he'll easily be dick
0: in the He has got a smugness about him that I believe comes with years and years of law enforcement. Sorry to our listeners that are actually employed in law enforcement, of which I yeah, know we actually at least two do have
1: American cops
0: that listen to this, don't we? We do indeed. Uh, I, I apologise, but you know this guy. You know, Lonergan. sorry,
1: sorry, officers. let save you the bother, officers. I'll go round his house after this, rough him up a bit for you. <laughs> Take my nightstick. You, into the weed so in.
0: you're just insinuating that that's what American police officers do to to sort problems yeah. out?
1: Yeah.
0: Oh uh, it's okay. It's okay. Our, our our cop friends. I will have a word with Baz. strenuous word after recording. I
1: uh, actually so one of my uh, school friends, one of my childhood school friends, uh, Stephen Boyd, uh, who we called Bod. Remember Bod, <laughs> the, the the lunchtime kids' TV show. Oh yeah, stick. yeah, yeah. Bod would walk towards it's <laughs> Steve Stephen's second name was Boyd. <laughs> he came at the high school mate. Oh, I was like, right, "You're bod for new on mate, because your name's Boyd." <laughs> Kyler Bod. He's gone Boyd. And he actually got in touch with me a few years. Bill, his wife got in touch with me a few years ago uh, via Facebook. He doesn't have a Facebook account, but she does, and we chatted online. <laughs> He's a cop and fucking Maine really really sorry I made up that shite nickname for you when you were a kid he's a cop in Maine can you imagine the weird fucked up cases he's had oh well yeah everything happens in Maine I saw that Stephen King shit up there exactly exactly so Bod if you're listening mate I'm sorry for disparaging American law enforcement I'm sure you're all wonderful people
0: yeah if anyone buries their cat up in a cemetery up in the hills try and stop them (laughs)
1: <laughs> yeah don't try and stop them with a massive hedge because it doesn't work <laughs> just get
0: through the hedge okay try yeah, harder need to go and speak to Big Judd Big ah oh, yeah sometimes dead is better <laughs> that's a very good impression
1: Mickey. thank you I, I try uh, where are we right so oh, uh, Detective yeah, made a bit. lonergan yeah you've got animal bones in your stomach you are dick and you're still wearing the same clothes what are you up to you're fucking up to something it's basically on yeah, you, you your wallet how did you survive seven years in the street and not lose your wallet? You're a fucking liar. Is essentially what happens. Um and he basically says he, you're lying about not knowing where you've been. Uh, yeah, it's so later. Trisha finally breaks down later on. He was fucking mental at Daniel. Uh, throws the death certificate and all this, demands to know where he's been. Carly once again gets completely the wrong box out. Um <laughs> Detective comes round <laughs> and he's basically going, like, listen man, I wouldn't leave you like Daniel did. He's like, he's not the same guy. You know, that death certificate's real. You know, that guy that's come back, that's not the guy that you were married to or whatever. Do you know what I mean? Um, Daniel's in Callie's room reading the Billy goes Gruff. Um, and he says something about it. Callie's there. He's like, this isn't what it's like. It's more like an insect,
2: mm-hmm.
1: which is fucking weird. And he kind of goes on. To do, it looks like a silverfish, which I think is an American name for a wee insect thing. Um, yeah, and he's, he says to Callie, "You know, I wish you hadn't traded with it because now it will be fixated, which is actually going back to the trinkets thing from earlier on." Mm-hmm. Uh, he says he can't go back into his room because it's in one of the walls, um, and we do see something run by in the hallway with this weird kind of. Insecty, crickety kind of sound,
0: yeah,
1: uh, which starts to happen more and more in the film kind of thing. Um, she goes into the bathroom, looks behind the curtain, there's a big jump scare at that point, which worked. Um, <laughs> uh,
2: uh, <laughs> then
1: Trisha and, the, Trisha and the detective had kind of gone like round the corner away from Daniel to have their wee heart to heart they're coming back to the house the door's open the detective's raging he's always like when you lock your door in here there's always stuff goes missing Um, Callie comes running out hysterical screaming that basically Daniel's gone Uh, and the detective asks what's happening and then we get a kind of flashback scene to the bathroom and you see Daniel getting dragged off by something Mm -hmm. Um, now you don't see the monster per se kind of thing but you kind of get hinted at it and there's a a very brief scene where you see these kind of spindly finger things coming over his shoulder mm-hmm. um there's things in the walls um and she kind of runs after him into the tunnel um so the cops question callie they think she's just full of heroin because they've out that she's back on it so basically they don't really believe her because they think she's full of gear um, they have to make you, Trisha fill out a missing person report, but she does not take well to at all basically, because it's like, oh my god, I'm going to need to do all this again um, the the cops leave uh, Trisha goes mentally, like Callie accusing her of being out, so there's all this, yeah, you're still a junkie type thing going on um, but what she really thinks happens is that Daniel saw her and the cop kissing in the car and freaked out Well, the kind of, earlier on,
0: this is a motif that plays in the movie quite a lot, is the, and which I actually think they do really well, is that the play of reenactments of what their imagination of things would be. So, like, at the beginning when she's talking about how her husband went missing... She says that you know she always kind of thought that maybe it had an accident somewhere, and we see him have this accident, and maybe woke up with amnesia, and maybe maybe found someone else and settled down. Uh And I think that's a great. And then in the case of this one, she sees him seeing them in the car together, like them in the car. Yeah, goes back in the house, wrecks the house up, and then leaves.
1: Yeah, that's right. The good thing about that particular technique that they use, as well, is you. It's apparent to you, and I'm not quite sure how, but you know that it's not real. You know that this is her interpretation yeah. of a possible theory kind of thing. Yeah. It's very well done. Because mm-hmm. you know, it doesn't make it obvious, but you just know, all oh, right, this is what she thinks happens. It is very well done. I will totally give them that. Yeah. Um Yeah, so they have this big fucking fight kind of thing. She doesn't believe the bug story, she thinks that's the drugs talking. Uh she also finds the box. I'm sorry, I'm just checking this in the right order I had something weird with my iPad a minute ago and I'm frightened that I've fucking got this (laughs) all out of sync now basically Callie starts going through missing persons reports on the web Mm -hmm. um, during which she finds one for Walter that we met earlier on Um, she reads that and basically in the report his son that he mentioned reports that his dad was taken by a monster. She also finds reports going back a little way over 100 years in this particular area, apparently before the tunnel was there. There used to be a sinkhole, a natural sinkhole. Mm -hmm. Um, She shows Tricia loads of these reports, and she starts talking about an underworld, and she's kind of going further than just the missing people, and she's saying, you know, all through history, we have these stories about, you know, Underworlds and places where people are taken, you know, and blah blah blah. Um, and she thinks that all of this is actually based in fact, yeah. So, you know, that there is this place underneath us all where these creatures live and they take people down there and torment them and all this kind of stuff. Uh, Daniel's parents turn up, Trisha's basically got to tell him he's gone again. That couldn't have been a good conversation to have with anybody, no, no.
0: It's like in this movie, Trisha basically just kept. She keeps getting bootied in the fanny, really, all the way she does. right through this movie. Yeah,
1: yep. yep. Um, which is sad because really, the only fanny we're interested in is the sisters. <laughs> <sighs> <sighs> yeah. Um, <laughs> cops turn up again, uh, but this time they want Callie to ID a body. We assume it's uh, we Daniel. It's not. It's motherfucking Walter. Yeah. He's out at the tunnel, contorted to fuck. And this is another reason I thought it was it follows because it reminds me of that opening scene in it follows from the girl's bodies on the beach.
0: Oh, yeah, and
1: her, her legs twisted up through her arse, kind of thing. Um, this is a bit like that as well. Uh, but then the weird guy from earlier on that warned her off leaving things turns up and goes mental, and it becomes very apparent that he is actually Walter's son.
3: Yeah,
1: you feel really bad for him. Do you find out he's got a wee dug in a bag? Yeah, and we also know that Daniel was eating animals. Mm -hmm. So that's pretty fucking uncool. Uh, Basically, it looks like he was going to leave this wee dog as an offering to whatever is in this tunnel. Uh, He gets quizzed fairly hard by the cops, but they end up letting him go. Back to Callie and Trisha, they kind of talk shit out. They go upstairs. As they're going up the stairs, they hear that weird insect noise thing, and they stop. And then basically, you're kind of looking at the dark, and something kind of lurches out of the dark. You really don't. You just know something comes out. You can't really see what it is.
3: Uh,
1: and then Callie's at the cop station, basically getting questioned, and we see a flashback of Trisha,
2: mm-hmm.
1: um, been dragged off into the tunnel, and Callie trying really desperately to stop this happening, kind of thing. Um, the detectives basically think though it's a drug deal gone bad. And that Trish has been the kind of capital you know, the, you know a casualty in this drug deal going bad type thing uh, Callie's allowed to go home she basically puts all her internet print out shit and the Willie Goats book in an envelope marked for Mallory which is you pointed out as the detective guy mm-hmm. and she leaves at night and goes out to the tunnel and she basically shouts trade, she's basically saying trade me for my sister um things start to kind of happen in the tunnel you hear voices in the tunnel and stuff like that and things and then (laughs) the worst bit of the fucking film basically this thing agrees to the trade and basically a baby's fetus is lying behind her in the the tunnel so basically it's taking the baby out of her stomach and willing to trade her for that it's not graphic but you know what it is. You can mm-hmm. see it in the background. You know what it is. It, it's really quite harrowing, I've got to say. It's not a cool scene at all, um, but very effective and very unexpected. You know what I mean? You're kind of figuring the sister. Nobody's going to kill the pregnant sister.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: She'll get out and the sister and there'll be this huge, don't go, don't leave me, you know, and but she'll go. And this is the noble redemption of the junkie kind of thing. Uh, yeah. Do you know what I mean? Um And that just does not happen at all. Um She starts to run um and something's gonna after you get the kind of camera effect where something's gonna after and then basically our shoe just rolls out the tunnel um and then cuts to like the, the detective ryan guy and the Weasley sidekick they're just talking about theories um the primary one is that walter's son is a serial killer mm-hmm. um who just ramped up from killing animals to killing people um but also, Ryan's like that, you know. I think she's just because the, the conversation earlier on where Trisha says she used to fuck off for weeks on end, just up, go camping, live off the land. It's like, yeah, yeah, she could be doing that. He knows it's not true, but he's kind of clinging on. Um, and then it kind of finishes with him, um, you see him basically putting up the posters mm-hmm. um, in the way that you saw Trisha doing it at the start. And he kind of looks over and sees a figure. Which is, I think, it's supposed to be Callie. Yeah,
0: she's At the entrance. All, of the tunnel, all her head's
1: kind of over, uh, crooked over. Um, and then he looks back, she's gone, and he just kind of walks away. And then you see from inside the tunnel, like the back of her head looking out. And then these spindly fingers appear again.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And it ends there. Um, and that is absentia. Um, my next note says it must have been done by the same guy who did it. Follows. <laughs> it's uh, It wasn't. (laughs) Um, Another thing that made me think the sounds, there is a constant soundscape in this film. There really is, yeah. Uh, Which again reminded me hugely. I can't describe, (laughs) considering it was done by two completely different people, how much this film reminds me of it follows. It's got that quirky oddness you know there's a bad thing there but you never really see the bad thing yeah because that it follows it's just constantly changing it's just different people all the time Mm -hmm. some more scarier than others um and this you just get hints at this insect thing but you never really see it Mm -hmm. and you've got this constant soundscape that is done to put you on edge and works really well Mm -hmm. um just the way it shot, the kind of out jogging scenes and that, it, it reminded me so much of it, followers. I was utterly convinced this is who this Flanagan guy was, and I could not have been more wrong. <laughs> uh, interestingly, it doesn't actually remind me of Oculus or Hush at all. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it's it's got much more of an indie kick to oh, well, it than think the, either of those ones. The, the cost of this movie was
0: like 70 grand.
1: Right, well, for that. The, the, the final thing I wrote excellent story very well shot is a really really well made film mm-hmm. um, it has scares in it it's got a very interesting story there's unexpected shit the idea of having Daniel come back in the middle I did not see coming mm-hmm. at all and the way they did it with the two of them and it's when the cop sees him you're like oh fuck he's real
2: mm-hmm.
1: It was not just one of these visions that they've been having um, yeah I thought I have saying she was a great film yeah. Really, really good film. Um definitely watch it again. Yeah, definitely go back to it. um it just reinforces I think what a lot of, I say about a lot of these films, man. You you don't need a great big fucking Hammond organ to give you a shit. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. See if you're just clever about it and you've got a good story. hats off to the actors in this film actually. The actors are very good as well. Mm-hmm. Apart from maybe Ryan the cop, I didn't particularly think he was that good. But the two sisters are very good in it. Uh we Daniel used feeling getting like a bit of a slap to the cock block and wee dick, but I mean he, he does play the part well. Um yeah, no big effects. You know, you don't see the thing, whatever it is, you don't need to. Yeah. Um yeah, it just all works. It's a it's a really good film. Really good horror film. Probably creepier than it is scary. Yeah. I um, think I think you're there's solid. a few good jump scares and the jump scares are done well. As well, and they're pretty few and far between. Mm-hmm. But that—that's good. You don't want that every five fucking minutes because it just starts to annoy you. And gonna that much adrenaline going on, you, you feel like shit. you know what I mean? Yeah. Film. This film doesn't work like that. It kind of much more of a slow build, and nothing happens when you expect it to. Mm-hmm. It's probably one of the main ones, I think.
0: I think you're spot on with that. All the jump scares in here, of which there aren't many, all happen at times you would not expect them i yeah. think that's what's really clever even that scene where um the two women are staring off into the darkness that seems that scene seems to go on an age before something happens it's, uh-huh. it, it's yeah, and it,
1: it cuts back to them you're like all oh, right that was just a wind up and then it goes back to the darkness again yeah. and you find yourself starting to squint at the telly yeah and move a little bit closer is there something there yeah uh-huh. is that something there no no it's just ah oh, fuck yeah. Yummy dick. You know? The same with the, yeah, the shower Curtain scene.
0: Well. Um yeah. work, works yeah, yeah. in a very similar way. Um in that the, the jump scare there is, is kinda is done in a position or a timing which doesn't feel in keeping with the standard tropes of horror movies. Um yeah. I think it's I think this is a like a as as debut horror films go, this one is fucking phenomenal. Um yeah. and it I think it just goes to reinforce like you said, it's, it's a director who is clearly very gifted. And, I mean, he wrote the story as well. So, you know, like all the movies that he's done thus far, he writes and directs them. So it's his idea that's going from the page to the screen. So, it, you know, he's he's clearly very gifted that way. Um, the actors of which there are a couple of big names-ish. I mean, Doug Jones has been in fucking God knows how many
2: movies. Sure.
1: I'm actually just on his fucking Wikipedia page right now. When you were speaking, there, I the glance doing the cast list, yeah. and Doug Jones is one of the few with an actual link. Yeah. and it says here that he played the Fawn in Pan's Labyrinth.
0: Yeah, he's, he, he played the the Fawn in Pan's Labyrinth. He played um, the underwater dude in uh, Hellboy. All right, is that him? Yeah, he plays. He tends to play a lot of like creatures. Yeah, he
1: played the Silver Surfer as
0: well yeah, in he's the Fantastic a, Four movie. Yeah, he's he, that sort of kind of character actor, in that he's known for lots of makeup. Generally, kind of Abe Sapien. That's, that's it, Abe Sapien. Yeah, so he, he's, he, he does a lot of that. He's very tall. Um, uh, uh, yeah, so he does a lot of that. So he's probably the biggest name in it. Uh, but Catherine Parker's been in some stuff that I've seen before as well. Um, I don't necessarily think any of it's been of the the kind of She's mostly TV stuff, but um, she had a cameo in Oculus. But so did the cop. Um, so, yeah, I th- these are, these are um, I, you know, it's, it's a f- cast of fairly unknowns, and what he does is he, he allows them just to, to get on with, with acting out his script, which I think they do really well. I think you're right about the simscape is there to constantly just remind you that, Peril as possible, or the may- yeah,
1: I, it's as like Listen, remember, you don't feel very good right now. <laughs> remember, but, you feel a little bit edgy because you're like, oh, there's that weird music?" Oh, I feel edgy. <laughs> but yeah, it is.
0: That's exactly its purpose, and it follows does exactly the same. And I, I, I don't think you have it. it follows without having absentia, Actually, funnily, funnily enough, watching it this time through, the big thing that kind of stu- uh, kind of stood out to me was in some weird way this is a precursor to you know Stranger Things which is the big Netflix TV show that done I mean,
1: I've still not seen that
0: you're going to fucking love it I
1: know, I'm know. i absolutely sure I will because everybody's raving about it um, and all you dicks are walking about with t-shirts of it now and I don't know what <laughs> you are talking about but, um, but yeah I've not seen it yet
0: the, uh, when people are doing comparisons to certain things um, within Stranger Things certain things from the 1980s uh, which is where it's obviously set and stuff um, I think Absentia has a big impact as, as well as a lot of Absentia mirrors it so um, yeah I think, I think it's just a fucking great movie I think like Flanagan is getting a lot of love just now but I think he deserves it wholly whereas I think there are some directors that seem to, Eli Roth springs to mind that seem to get a lot of time in the press and they've done one good movie um, yeah. where Flanagan's now you know he's got three out there that you can go and see if you want he's got a fourth which is there if you can find it down or wait till it gets at cinema one. he's got another one out this year and then he's doing Stephen King next year I mean uh, you know he's, he's the real deal he's a legitimate interesting American director who is specialising in the genre stuff just now, and there's not a lot of them. There's not a lot of them just now. This is when we keep talking about the people that are going to take up the mantle of John Carpenter Wes Craven and George A. Romero um, and Stuart Gordon. These, you know, the big names in horror, the, the masters of horror, so to speak. Mike Flanagan's up near the top of the list for me in terms of North American directors. I think he's fucking great. So, yeah. Um, right, we're kind of we're kind of messing around here, right? And we're, we're, yeah. we need to we need to bring things back to brass tack, so to speak. Nuts and bolts, uh, meat mean two veg, Baz. Oh, um, well, that <laughs> means something different, doesn't it? Uh, it Does
2: indeed. Talking, yeah.
0: Baz. <laughs> right. I need to ask you the the question that is most important out of everything we've done thus far on this episode, which is, Baz. Yeah. In this round, uh, and this stage, the gladiatorial colosseum of battles, the, the sandpit, where you are there in a loincloth, just imagine it, ladies, in a loincloth, wielding your giant, hard spear. Thinking about, ladies, touching yourself? Don't touch yourself. Listen to what the Baz is going to say. Baz facing... Da- it's like David and Goliath. and this huge, colossal battle on the Pantheon. Who wins?
1: this round is it Baz or is it Halloween tell you what I don't see first half when the Baz fights the Baz don't fight in a fucking loincloth with a spear he fights in a pair of Adidas sannies with a Swiss army knife alright that's how I get doing what dick about you've, k- you've killed a man with one of those wee things for taking stones out of horses hooves <laughs> fucking times you need to puncture somebody will they die anyway right moving on my sword did Fucking street fighting past putting behind <laughs> me. Um, and this occasion, Duncan now as you see I did watch this during the day, uh-huh. although I did my best to darken the place and get myself a bit of peace to watch it. Um, I would have to say this one goes down in the win column for The Baz. Oh, um, The Baz. I thoroughly enjoyed it. Mm. It is a, a creepy film. It didn't. It, it, it creeped me out a bit. Um, there was a couple of jump scares in it, but I wasn't like affected by it in yeah. the way that some of the other films have. And I've got, and I will say right now, it doesn't matter when I'd have watched that. I think if I'd watched it at night, you would be completely been oblivious. But yeah, I, I promise you, I wouldn't lie about that. I would have been the same. It's a great movie, though, mm-hmm. um, and I can see. I think. I think if, if we had done this in the first year of Bas Horror, I think this would have freaked me right out. Yeah. Because I think now I'm getting to the stage, I have seen a fairly wide spectrum of films new as well. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean? From real fucking indie masterpieces through you know slasher franchises right up to the kind of modern horror blockbusters. I've seen something from all of them now. Um, so I have seen films in this kind of vein um, but I think it'd we done this the first year and I hadn't seen the likes of It Follows and, and you know, in films like that I think this would have creeped me out to the point I'd have been shiting myself to be honest <laughs> so while this is a win to me I think that has to Credit me in some kind of way for how much I've moved on since we started this kind of I'd,
3: I'd
0: experiment, donkeys like,
1: yeah. years ago. I think
0: know? I think we said um, at the at the start of this particular run of Baz V Halloween's that uh, th- as you get further into this, the the likelihood that things are genuinely going to scare you. Yeah, um, it's going to diminish because you're going to ultimately end up like me, and that's that is kind of the point of this is to get you to a point where there are going to be certain things in horror that are guaranteed to to make you feel a bit creeped out or or yeah. maybe genuinely get those scares. But it's going to be such a subset, such a small subset, and the rest of it is is not going to have that effect because you have seen movies like that done before, and horror falls into so many of those kind of age old tropes so to speak of this is how you make a horror movie and this is how it, and you've been to the cinema with me and you've seen how I can see them coming now that's like like easily five seconds before a jump scare or a twist or something like that I'm usually giggling because I know everyone else in the theatre is about to get a jump Um and I, you know, I I just know it's coming because I've watched that many of them. Um I'm glad you dug this movie because I sometimes feel that when we rattle through the baz the horror movies during the year with the exception of the franchise stuff, but even then you have to wade through a lot of shit in that, that we yeah. sometimes don't get the opportunity to sit down and watch horror movies from like the I mean, this is this is a Five-year-old movie, you know, it's not that old at all. That work, you know, I mean, that are just really well-made horror movies, and it's sometimes good to shine a spotlight on them to say that, you know, there's a lot of people out there that just don't like modern horror movies. They don't think they're as good as stuff that was done in the 80s or stuff that was done in the 70s, or even -hmm. stuff that was done in the 90s. Which, by the way, the 90s was not a great year for horror. Had some great horror movies, but I'm. You know, in the, in the long haul, not a great year for horror. Uh, sorry, decade for horror. Um, that there, there are plenty that are out and have been coming out just in you know recent time that no one speaks about. And Absentia is one of them. Uh, Flanagan's getting a lot of press just now. Hopefully, that makes people go back and check out Absentia. Yeah. Because I, I, I would,
1: I would heartily recommend it. If you've not seen it, it's definitely worth checking out. Because uh, even if it doesn't scare you. It's a, it's a really good film, You will, I guarantee you will enjoy it, because um, as I say, even though it reminded me of other films, you weren't like, oh god, this is like fucking that, you know, it's like, oh that reminds me a bit of this, and that reminds me a bit of that, it's, it is definitely worth checking out, definitely.
0: Fantastic, right, so that's the first movie down, we are now moving on to our found footage feature, and up next is In Memoriam from 2005 you're going to hear the trailer for that movie right now myself and the Baz are going to jump out you're also going to hear promos for shows that I love when we return we're discussing that movie right after this you're listening to the podcast under the stairs
3: like movie reviews that are insightful, thought-provoking, and delivered by somebody who's trained to critically dissect every aspect of a motion picture without ever having to use obscenities. Then you've got the wrong f***ing show. Kruger Nation Horror Podcast is ready to feed your slasher movie and exploitation needs. There'll be more blood, expletives, and titties than you can shake your grandma's
0: beetle flaps at. Visit www.KrugerNation.com Hello, I'm Gore Blimey, and I'm your host on the Trilogy of Terror podcast. Each month, I'll look at one director and talk about three of their horror movies, kicking things off in episode one with Lamberto Barva, the man who brought us demons. Now, the horror films might not always be scary or even good, but well, if that happens, what movie and pizza night isn't all the better for a bit of extra cheese? Come and check out the show at Gentleman's Grindhouse Records.com or find it on iTunes and
3: Stitcher. The Trilogy of terror podcast where we try three times harder to give you the willies
0: And welcome back. So this is the second and final movie review of this Baz V Halloween episode number four of year three. This is our found footage feature. This is in memoriam from two thousand and five. Now, Baz Duncan Bazzy Bazzy Baz. Why did dunkey, I choose Donkey 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 <laughs> Why did I choose this
1: movie? Because it's basically paranormal activity, you can't.
0: It is. It's basically it's a pre-paranormal activity. This movie predates Paranormal Activity by two years. Um, basically, this came out the same year as our Japanese uh, film footage movie, and this is like the testing grounds for for kind of the the influx of the modern. Um, found footage so uh, these are the movies that were trying to almost kind of stake their claim to found footage before paranormal activity really kind of gets the balance right and makes it relevant again um some what like eight years eight years after Blair Witch Project so um so this is where we are with this and the reason I chose it is once again vitally it's out in 2005 the same so Japan put out one and America put one out. Japan's one yeah. is very story heavy, like hugely mm. story heavy, and you know quite complicated in terms of its structure and how it jumps backwards and forwards. The American one, brass tacks, is just like total basic. Yeah. Uh, this is this is basically the story, and this is what we're going to do with it. Um, I, I also chose it because. Whilst I, I do think there are some scenes in here which are like pretty creepy, also boasts some of the worst acting I've ever seen in a found footage movie ever. And i thought was oh, af- going to come on to that. <laughs> I thought after Absentia being so very serious, um, it, it may be nice to poke some fun uh, at, <laughs> at something just to lighten the mood up a wee bit. Um, so, let's give you some information. It was written and directed by Amanda Gussick. Um which Is not a nice name for a woman,
1: uh, that's her name's horrible. I think it's probably G- Gusak or something. You're always like trying to
0: put some sort of context. Well, you made that sound like Gusset Gusak, I know, most... but
2: you're
0: listening to Gus Oh, it's Amanda Gusak from the people that know like that at all. Uh, right, a very, very small cast in this one. Um, Eric McDowell,
1: Joanna, it's about three too many if you ask me,
0: <laughs> <laughs> Joanna Watts. Uh, Levi, or Levy Pill, Mary Porster, and Doris Weldon. Uh, Synopsis for this one, short and sweet. Uh, It's not actually, there's a second page, what the fuck? Synopsis for this one is... After being diagnosed with terminal cancer, Dennis moves with his girlfriend Lily to their new home where he installs cameras and microphones everywhere to record his last months of life, and in order that the material may be used later to make a documentary. However, the devices capture the presence of another inhabitant there." Now, I've mentioned my justification for picking the movie. Um, Uh, To put things into perspective here, you are now five points up, which means that you cannot be beaten, you can only draw, and obviously some of my picks have not worked out the way... I thought they were gonna. This was supposed to break things up and give you a bit of a laugh, uh, in the midst of defeat, which has clearly not worked. And I am fairly <laughs> sure this is going to be the death nail in this competition. Um, but far be it for me to jump the gun. Baz, this is your show, sir. Please tell us how you got on with in memoriam. Certainly
1: shall. I had actually thought I'd picked you up wrong when we spoke about this film I thought you had said I was under the impression basically that this was by the people that did Paranormal Activity and that this was their earlier effort and they kind of hit on a good thing and thought we'll make this series a film so I was under the impression when I watched this it was actually the people who did Paranormal Activity did this previously All right, sorry not that's the my case bad. That's yeah. my no bad. no I think it was just I picked it up wrong in fairness I'm not going to hold you to task over that one no right, um, the <laughs> I didn't know anything about this film. Um, bizarrely, it appears... I watched it via Amazon Prime streaming over in the UK here. It's on that, mm-hmm. which is a bit of a weird one because it's practically impossible to buy on Amazon.
0: Yeah, it's also, uh, it's also on Prime in the States as well for our American listeners. All
1: uh, so right, cool. Check it out then. Um, yeah, as I say, it's, it's quite hard and quite expensive to buy over here, but you can get it on Amazon streaming, so fucking fill your boots. Um the opening text basically says that it was recorded during a week round about kind of september 2004 essentially so it's this is your classic found footage kind of thing you know it, it, it's like we discovered these tapes and in them you know blah 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 um basically it's this couple lily and dennis they move into a new house for a few months they appear to both work in the film industry um very quickly so it's basically straight in they're moving out of the house guy talks to the camera gives you the lowdown. all this happens within the first couple of minutes basically he's got stage four bone cancer that spread to his lungs and numerous other places um he's not in a bad way he's not in a good way rather he's in a very bad way mm. um and basically they've decided against treatment because the the odds were fucking horrendous and he was going to lose both his legs and fucking one arm and just it was just horrendous and there was barely any chance he was going to live anyway so he has taken the decision that fuck it, i'm just going to live my last month or two you know as normal as i can and just have a good time with my girlfriend here kind of thing um, and he'd be working in the film industry he wants something to fill his time he's decided he's going to document the whole thing um on film which is why he rigs the whole house with cameras which gives you the premise now in fairness that's not the worst premise mm-hmm. that i have seen in a found footage film for cameras being everywhere, and it'll just, at least they make the fucking effort, do you know what <laughs> I mean? So hats off to them, and feels, the the, like this Amanda chick that made this, obviously hadn't seen, like, Paranormal Activity 19, where they just stopped fucking caring as to why them, you know, <laughs> she's probably sat there going, well, Larry, what, what reason can I give for them having cameras? I know, we'll make him a filmmaker, and he's documenting his, his last month. <laughs> mm-hmm. Fair dues Amanda Hen. I'll get on board with that. Right. So I'm okay with all of that. Um, right after that, we've got a lovely little whipped cream bikini shot, mm. which I've got to say, not as good as the one in a classic teen American football film, Varsity Blues, but it's not bad all the same. And it, it, it's just gratuitous, and that just makes it all the better. Um, Lily does want... Dennis to reconsider about treatment. She's, uh, well, she's obviously kind of gone along with this idea. Deep down, she really wants him to change his mind and get treatment because she doesn't want him to die. Which is fair enough. Second day, Dennis's brother Frank turns up. God, I wish Dennis's brother Frank hadn't turned up. <laughs> Dennis's <laughs> br- brother Frank is literally. The worst actor I've ever fucking seen. I he's don't know that, what you're talking about, dude. He's got that whole fucking bleached blonde, cat South Cali surfer thing going, on. Tell it. right? But hi, <laughs> yeah, yeah. But they don't make that as fucking character. No. Why not? Just let this guy be himself. Because the fatal mistake you made is you told him to act. <laughs> and this boy can't, you should have literally just said to me, just read that read that sounds like you do not on any act do, just look like this do, and read that do, do, do you love the fact that just
0: before we we've, we are introduced to Frank um, we are told that the relationship between the two brothers is strained um, was, there ev- was there any evidence of that in the movie? <laughs>
1: I don't, I don't. I can't take a voice at all. <laughs> there's but no right, evidence at all. He's like, what's right? up there? <laughs> yeah. But on IMDb, he is uh, the character of the. Right, hold on, where are we? Uh, Where's the fucking cast. But the episode I'm sorry, right. yeah, bear, bear with me, folks. Just hang in there. We'll get there shortly. Cast, right, as you say, there's six people and five people in this film, right? Frank, the character of Frank, played by Levi Powell, is the only one with a picture. That's how fucking bad Levi Powell is.
2: <laughs> Levi My
0: Powell
1: MTV will not even give him a fucking photograph. <laughs>
0: Le- Levi Powell's uh, filmography credits um, are he was in a short movie called The Provoker in 2002, he was in, in uh, Memoriam in 2005, and he was in a music video for Backstage Pass in 2006 and fuck all else. Yeah. He yeah, now does, that, no, sorry, he now does make-up. Uh, I'm pretty sure he's sucking dick
1: someday. In <laughs> you know I mean? <laughs>
2: <laughs> like Talking about kids, that time he we was, was in a
1: movie. Habit. I, yeah, I used to be an actor. He's like, <laughs> fucking, the boy Walbird towards the end of fucking boogie nights. You know what <laughs> I mean? And jerking guys off in car parks. You know, I'm famous. I was an in memoriam. Oh, like, oh yeah, you would be blonde guy. And then he clocks him in the fucking face for being a dick. <laughs> Right, anyway. Nice, Frank comes to visit. Uh, During their very stilted conversation, um, Frank reveals that basically their mother died of the same thing that Dennis is dying of. Mm. Um, Their slightly weird landlady comes to visit. Uh, Dennis mentions something about running water during the night. That turns out to be fuck all, but fuck all. Um over that night Dennis smells something probably just about to have a stroke mate mm-hmm. don't worry about it is it burning toast you're fucked <laughs> um, they find some photographs of the landlady and her family Lily kind of wants to go through them Dennis makes them put them away there's weird water plumbing sounds during the night Dennis gets up to have a bit of a puke cause of the old cancer hears this goes to investigate doesn't find anything um, the next day, he says the cameras turned on during the night. Um, he's got an audio recording of a strange kind of sound, and then and there's quite a creepy scene. Basically, that there's film of the, the there's a sitting room in this. It's quite a big house they're in.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: <laughs> That's quite a good bit. Actually, he gives you the guided tour right at the start, so that you've got the kind of lay of the land of this house for what's happening. Um, and there's a room at the end there's some chairs and that in it. There's quite a good bit. He goes to uh, Lily's, like, hey. yeah, and at the end there we've got the. Uh, Lily, what would you call that room at the end with the chairs in it? And she was like, the sitting room. <laughs> Which I thought was fucking hilarious. You chairs in it, you sit in them. <laughs> it's probably the sitting room, mate. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> anyway, a lot of the stuff focuses in there. And he's, so he's he's heard this noise and someone's recording the crime and they're watching this and it obviously I think it's kind of black and white and you kinda it looks like there's something hmm. black in the back of the room and you kind of look and you can of again you do this fucking getting closer to the fucking camera like that hmm. and um and then this fucking it's like it jumps and this shadow head thing appears right from i i shat myself at that point <laughs> i have to say i had a proper fucking shit moment um yeah so that that freaked me out in the <laughs> end um next day the Dennis has got bleeding sores all over his back that can't be explained it's a little bit like Tom Hanks in Philadelphia at this point, I've got to say. <laughs> oh God, a yes. bit like the old AIDS lesions, but I don't think that was the road they were trying to get in. but it's how it came off. Um, next night, he hears movement again. He uh, weirdly decides to take a camera off a wall. So we, we get the old in-motion found footage thing at this point. Mm-hmm. He's into the sitting room uh, just before he gets in the handle moves suddenly. Sharp myself again. (laughs) See, because of Duncan's incessant whining like a bitch yesterday, I watched this at about 11 o'clock last night. After I packed my life off to bed. Right, so... I'd had a couple of... I drank a flag and a Cornish cider. Jesus. Right. See that stuff I bought you? Have you drank it yet? Not yet, no. Right. It's still. It's not fizzy. Oh, Right. Right. I thought it had gone off. <laughs> yeah, I still drank the whole flagon. In- <laughs> it wasn't till this morning I'd gone through like one pint of it. I realised I was rabbiting. I was half pissed. It's really fucking strong. And I came in this morning, like, on oh, my head, and I got I got the, the empty flagon jar, and it says on it, it's still. I, I genuinely, my thought process, took a big gulp, It, I was quite thirsty, that's why I opened it, took <laughs> a big swig it, that's completely fucking flat, oh crap, that's gone off in the fridge, <laughs> I'll just finish it, and I'll I'll I drank just
2: finish <laughs> the fucking
1: thing, and I, 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 under the misapprehension that it had gone off,
3: oh. what the fuck is that all about? Uh, well I
0: suppose back in the day they couldn't make things fizzy, so... Yeah, I've not got a problem
1: with being still. My, my issue is with me going like that. That's off. I'm just, I'll just finish it then. That's classic. Yeah, i should buzz. have poured it in the sink if I thought it was that's off. T- the, the
0: one thing that everyone on this show, everyone that listens to this show knows is the bars will not waste alcohol.
1: I'm a fucking You drank bag.
0: that stone stuff even though you didn't like it, and you
1: finished that bottle. bye I, I know. Don't talk to me about this. I, <laughs> I just the the glass in my hand just now, right? That one there. Uh, Is my whiskey max as everybody saw on the old tweeter recently there I got two bottles of beautiful Krabby's green ginger light mm. the local Morrisons but it's not local it's fucking miles away but for the Morrisons <laughs> I've just finished my grouse oh no <laughs> a bottle of grouse spunked to use a fucking Scottish term spunked a whole lot so uh, I'm I'm now going to need to start I know I tell everybody not to put malt in it I'm going to need to I bought like Glen Levitt there that my best man gave me that I'm not for my thirtieth. Um, my thirtieth. Fuck that. My fortieth.
2: What's the age on it? Twelve year.
1: Twelve I, year? I, I, ah, you're all right with a twelve year. You're all
0: right with a twelve I year don't
1: there.
0: really like Glen Levitt.
1: I'm
0: not a big Glen Levitt
1: fan uh, either. Oh. Ian didn't know that. I obviously bought it as a present kind of thing, and oh. occasionally if I run out of grouse, <laughs> i substitute a twelve year old Glen Levitt. So I might need to go into that. Yeah, hard, you're hard for them. As household. <laughs> I'm really concerned how I threw a litre of grouse. No, I mean, that's fucking not good for anybody. <laughs> um, right, anyway, moving on. Um, yeah,
0: right. So you've so, had a couple of jump scares because that made you watch it in the
1: dark. Yes, basically. The handle moves, Shut myself, and basically you can see shadows of feet. So again, this is the sitting room and you can see there's some character behind the door. He does, however, go into the room. There's nothing there.
2: Mm -hmm.
1: And the phone goes off. I've just written here, shat it. (laughs) Because I wasn't sure if it was my phone or not. (laughs) And that just blew me right out of the water. (laughs) My next line is, some of the acting is a bit wooden. (laughs) (laughs) So this is my fucking (laughs) out-of-date, cider-addled mind. But at this point, I've just crapped myself because I thought my phone went off. And then I've decided to comment on the subpar acting.
3: <laughs>
1: fucking hell.
3: Oh, man. Oh, that was fucking brilliant.
1: There's, uh, there's in a bit, basically, they find the journal. The landlady keeps a journal on her previous tenants because I think she's a little bit kinky. <laughs> um. Yeah, so she's written uh, this in her journal about previous tenants, and one of whom had died there. Um here, Lily is mad when she finds out he called his brother. Yeah, I think he basically he's freaked out. She so phones his brother. She gets a bit pissed off with us. There's a hugely fucking uh, cliched kind of scene, tight scene between the two brothers. It's it's really really tragic <laughs> kind of thing. You know what I mean? Um, and I've been written, it looks like the mother was a bit of a cunt to them. She wanted to go to the of it. The old uh, Philadelphia lesions are now spreading all over Dennis. Um Lily comes home at night, she can't find Dennis. She goes out the back, there's a pool out the back. Um so again that this should have points at the uh, paranormal activity because obviously there's scenes, It's quite a few scenes centred around that swimming pool in paranormal activity. Mm-hmm something appears to happen in the pool you kind of hear splashing but at the time through the fog of fucking cornish cider i couldn't (laughs) really see what was happening but she shits herself and runs back in like the fucking devil himself's behind her kind of thing Mm -hmm. i couldn't quite see what it was but obviously something had freaked her out she shines a torch out the window um and you I thought I saw a, a glimpse of like a black figure kind of moving about a little bit. It could have been a fucking cameraman's reflection in the window, fearless, but I thought <laughs> something out of there. Then Dennis turns the light on again and scares the shit out of her and me. <laughs> um, they, they then go out to the pool again, which I've misspelled puwl Fucks. <laughs> I don't know what's type stop this. That's why dry out come November. <laughs> October, October, fuck that! I was drunk for about fucking fortnight. <laughs> um, I'm gonna pee myself! Gonna... <laughs> <laughs> so, basically it basically looks like a Britain they go out on the pool, right? They don't at all. They go out to the <laughs> pool, the swimming pool. <laughs> and it's like full of dirt and leaves which is weird <laughs> and I said no that's not a good effect you, you could have come up with something better than that you've just filled the pool in the leaves Um but the leaves were the fucking straw that broke the camel's back as far as Lily's concerned she wants to leave Um I've written here Dennis is worried about getting trapped somewhere when he does so I, I, don't, I don't even know what that means Um <laughs> They basically start to pack and then they go to leave in the car, right? The cameras go all funny, so you get this whole something's afoot. Of course, the cameras stop working, right? Because ghosts are made of magnets or something like that. <laughs> um, but when they come back into the house, he's up here spewing up blood and all that. Mm-hmm. Next morning, he seems fine. They. Weird landlady turns up again, like she just tried bowing him or something. She got that weird thing. You know like the old landlady in Kingpin? Yeah, oh god. Yeah, uh, she's got a wee bit of that, you know. <laughs> um They tell her about the ghost, but she's like the tenant never died here. She recovered and moved out. You've just read the journal and assumed she died, she didn't, she moved out. She then kind of accuses them of like trying to pull some insurance scam and she's not very happy and she basically tells him she wants them out in a week and they're going fucking mental going like, we can't leave every time we try to leave he spews up blood but she's not up for listening understandably because it does sound like shite um, so they then try and experiment to see about leaving and uh, basically Lily leaves while Dennis stays and watches on the camera mm-hmm. she's fine but basically when she tries to leave he starts throwing up blood inside the house they have a bit of a fight. He is this some kind of kind of attack seizure type thing. Um he finds a huge blood stain in the bed. She's washing herself in the but the bathroom blood starts to come up through the like the plug hole. She's freaking mm-hmm. through eggs at a stake and kind a of thing. Oh, the next day we shite Frank turns up, and if I didn't the acting, he's a shite. Um <laughs> They show Frank the tapes. Right, Frankie boy hears a noise on it and says, "That's my mum." It's tenuous, has to be said. Dennis then finds his maw's drugs in the bathroom, like medication, like prescription drugs. Which I thought it was fucking weird. Just a weird object to find, but okay, whatever. It, it then turns out, I can't really quite remember what happened here through the hazy cider memories. Um, basically, Frank has lied about what happened to their mum. And apparently, she said that she was going to get Dennis because he wasn't there when she died. Like a curse, like a family curse. Like, he didn't turn up to see me when I'm dying. I'm going to fucking haunt him type dear. It's a very very clumsy plot device has got to be said yeah Um, Dennis now believes that the symptoms that he's getting are actually his mum's symptoms
2: Mm -hmm.
1: Uh, Frank then also reveals that he abandoned the mum just before she died because he couldn't take it anymore um, and apparently, she died just after midnight, which ties in with the dates or something. It's like the year anniversary of it or something like that. And they're like, No, it's tomorrow. He's like, No, no, no. She died just after midnight. It's today. And they basically all reckon that the mum's coming for them. Mm-hmm. And i like, Well, yeah, Frank fucked off and left you to die in your rain hen. Haunt him. How's he covered in the old aids? Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Seems a bit harsh. Maybe he was the favourite. Maybe because he's blonde and there's clearly a learning difficulties or some fucking I thought, thing I
0: thought you were going down this road that the mother maybe had uh, <clears throat> fascist tendencies because he was blonde and blue
1: eyes he looks like an Aryan poster boy
0: <laughs> a, a, a SoCal alien, uh, Aryan poster boy which is that's, weird in itself
1: <laughs> that's kind of offensive to Aryan poster boys because he's a fucking moron Zeke Kyle dude <laughs> <laughs> Zeke Kyle dude um yeah, uh, Frank and Dennis have another fucking argument. Frank is into the hall, hears some noises from the sitting room, gets locked in a room, presumably because he doesn't know how keys work. The others can't get to him. I will say at this point, I was quite confused with the house geography, despite Frank's quite fucking in-depth description of the layout of the film at the start. Uh, Frank hears the mother calling. Um... He's like, you've got to let Dennis go. And a fucking hand comes out the curtain and grabs Frank. Mm-hmm. Shatter again.
2: <laughs>
1: um, oh, the cameras, they all go haywire. The other two can't get through the door. Or then they do get through the door or something. Or they're trapped in the hallway. I, I thought it's all very confusing. Door at the ends opens. Uh, Dennis goes through to save Lily. I think he kind of sacrifices himself to his ma's ghost or something like that to try and save Lily. She's outside banging on the door. He's throwing up blood. Sees his mum behind him in the mirror. And then we get a weird flashback sequence of like all the early scenes with some static thrown in. Mm-hmm. I kind of feel I missed something in that, but I couldn't tell you. It just see like why are you showing us all that again. Do you know what I mean? It didn't seem to tie anything up. It just seemed like we need to fill an extra 15 seconds here. Um, Lily's outside the door, though, and she's basically begging to be taken so she can be with Dennis. I think she's kind of like, just kill me as well. I just don't want to be with him kind of thing. And she looks up at the the camera, and you see her nose has starting to bleed, which mm-hmm. was one of the first symptoms. And then it jumps into complete black, which scared the crap out of me as well. <laughs> at this point, right? That's the end. Then there's the credits. Mm-hmm. Right? The credits are creepy as fuck. Yeah, the credits are the creepiest thing in this movie yeah. for me. There is a continuing kind of... The sound, basically, of the film continues over it. I, I can't even remember what it was in it all, but it, it's really fucking creepy. And then right at the end, it, I'd looked on my like I I paused it to see how long and there was like four minutes left and I was like that seems awfully long for a film that's five people in it (laughs) It there's clearly something else in these credits so I made myself sit and watch them and it saw this creepy fucking noise effect (laughs) and then right at the end there's just a shot of the mother on black in the rocking chair Mm
2: -hmm.
1: hat myself (laughs) I, um, I was totally fucking creeped out by this film, right? <laughs> and I was
3: raging about
1: it. Right? The acting in this film is fucking shite. Right, <laughs> really, really bad. I cannot stress that enough. And I'm not just being facetious because I'm half canned. The acting is diabolical, right? <sighs> there are large parts of the plot that are dreadful <laughs> many of the plot devices are so bad they beg a description <laughs> Yeah, I was still too scared to get out the fucking chair to put the light on and I ended up right, this is what I did to calm myself down, I flicked it back to like the menu for Amazon Prime and just browsed some films like family titles and stuff like. That. <laughs> oh, there's that one. Space Buddies, they've got that in the kids section. I'll add that in my list. maybe watch that later on. Calm me doing a bit. Beethoven's Fifth or fucking whatever. St Bernard dog.
2: I'm
1: so annoyed. <laughs> At how freaked out I was by this film. i so annoyed. <laughs> but Amanda Gusak or whatever your name is, then you clearly need to sue those cunts that made paranormal activity. Yeah. Cause like I say, I had misunderstood what you told me about this film and I was like, Oh yeah, you can totally see how they made this and then they Yeah, we've got quite a good idea here, let's flesh it out and make a decent film out of it, and they made paranormal activity. Yeah. It, it Obviously, does, that's not the case because it was different people. But the, you're not telling me that the people that made Paranormal Activity didn't watch this film incessantly. I,
0: yeah, there's there's so much. It's it's I that. Well, the thing is about this movie is even though it was made in 2005, according to IMDb, it didn't actually get any sort of release till after Paranormal Activity.
1: Yeah. Oh, is
0: it, that right? Yeah, yeah. According according to this, anyway. Shabby oh, um, bastards, Blumhouse. Uh, according according to this, uh, here we go the release dates. So uh, it got its debut at the Hamptons International Film Festival. How very posh! Yeah, that's um, for that summer. That's for you summer every year. Uh, October two thousand and five. It uh, then played the Waterfront Film Festival. All quite high established things here um, in June two thousand and six. Um, another festival in two thousand. Another couple of festivals in 2006 Uh, its last festival appearance in 2006 was at the International Horror and Sci-Fi Film Festival in the USA and then it didn't make its way anywhere in terms of distribution until it appeared online in 2010 which is when I first saw it so um, yeah there you go so if they did see it they must have caught it at a a one-time screaming, uh, screening at a, a horror festival. Yeah,
1: well, I mean, <laughs> it, it, it's so similar that I believed my own fake story that basically had basically been done by the people that did it. I, I really think it panned Activity like hugely
0: from this it, film. But, yeah, it wouldn't surprise me if someone had <clears throat> seen it in the studio, for example, and yeah. hired someone to make a similar movie. Yeah. Because uh, yeah. like you say, there are so many bits in here that are precursors to what you get in Paranormal Activity Um, oh absolutely yeah oh my god that could be my I know I say this every now and again that could be my favourite review ever every fucking time Uh, but every time I think you're going to cruise over something the thing gets back at you it's like I don't know you Baz
1: Oh, no, I oh, know, I know. Listen, I need you to ask me the question because I've got a rant. Give me the question. Oh
0: God, I can't wait for this rant. Uh, the the only thing I would say, the only thing I would say before yeah. I ask the question is, <clears throat> I pretty much agree with everything you said. Minus, like the jump scares didn't have much of an effect on me at all. Um, the first time I watched it, certainly didn't have an effect on me. The second time watching it, but the credits at the end. Creep me the fuck out, and I don't yeah. know why. And I kept thinking late Mungo, and the more I was thinking about late Mungo, the more I couldn't remember what happened at the end credits to this movie. Um, and like you, I knew they were quite lengthy for what essentially shouldn't be any more than because this movie's like an hour and fifteen minutes long. It's ticking, there's next to no time in it at all. Um, and I was watching the, the the credits, and I got very very aware that <clears throat> I was watching this in the living room in the dark myself. Yep. Um, and I don't usually get that way at all and do the end want? jump didn't even do anything for me but just that experience of leading up to the end jump was not cool in my books um, Do
1: you want to you know my dirty, filthy little secret, don't you?
0: Oh no, Baz, tell me your dirty, filthy little secret
1: I actually skipped through about 50% of the end credits and still nearly fucking died <laughs> Honestly and i'm i'm not going to fucking lie i i'd skip forward a little bit thinking that's awful long i thought i wonder if there's like a wee scene yeah but when i stopped i was like no it's still just the crazy oh what's that what's with the noises and i watched it for a little bit i was like oh no i don't like that i'm going to skip on a bit and i skipped on a bit and then it was still doing it and then i skipped on a wee bit more and then the fucking old lady was sitting in the rocking chair Cow. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, so then credit scared the crap out of me, and I actually only watched half of them.
0: Right, well, I, I'm looking forward to this rant, but before we get there, I need to, I need to ask you this question. I'm actually, you can't see my face right now, but I'm actually looking at my microphone in disbelief. Um, Baz, in this round, yeah, and in fact, I'm just gonna skip right to it. in this round. Who won? Was it the Baz or was it Halloween?
1: Fucking Halloween did. Holy, what the fuck, man! I don't, Honestly. I don't now, now, right listeners (laughs) prior to pushing the record button here your host Duncan McLeish essentially kind of threatened slash blackmailed slash begged me not to win both films because if i won both films the fifth part of this series would have been relevant because I would have won without having seen the last two Those films. Those are strong words. What I said I was
0: thinking out loud, Baz and I was I, I was saying that yeah. I, my ideal scenario would be that one of these films, in my head Absentia, obviously yeah, would score a victory and what I said was that If it didn't score a victory and you were on the fence about that movie, which you are sometimes, sometimes it's talking through that ultimately decides the grade, that if you were talking through just to keep in mind that you watched it during the day, which is something you should be penalised for.
2: Yeah.
0: Now, when I'm saying it like that, it does kind of sound like a threat. Yeah, Um, yeah, exactly. (laughs) But I, I had it in my head. I had... But as, I can't straight, I had it in my head you were going
1: to fucking walk this movie.
2: I watched I know, it, I that, watched it last night. That's what has
1: annoyed me so much. Because I thought, you're going to be banking on this absentia. And, and I knew myself I'd beaten absentia. Yeah. And I thought, you're going to fucking blame me for doing this during the day. And that's not. What, I really liked absentia. I thought it was a great film. It creeped me out, but it just didn't really get to me. And then I yeah. watched this piece of dog shite last <laughs> night. I was honestly fucking wrecked with it, <laughs> and I can't even go at like that. Like, just you know, watch it. It's an interesting film. It's not... it's a terrible movie. Listeners, it, it it. the acting—I cannot describe how bad. That you should watch it just so you understand how bad the acting is in this. It is interesting in that it was made before paranormal activity, because it borrows hugely off of that. But I Which imagine. Is why I picked it. <laughs> most of our listeners well practically all of our listeners will have seen at least one Paranormal Activity film I'd imagine not that many of them have seen this I'm oh sure this is like book, relatively you know I mean? unknown relatively
0: yeah.
1: unknown really. um, and uh, you know if you just come across this you'd have gone like oh, fucking Paranormal Activity rip off do you know what I mean it, I, I'm so annoyed with myself with this fucking film I really really am annoyed with myself
0: I can't believe this I, I no. honestly cannot believe I don't know if i was drink or something. <laughs> three bit. years we've been doing this show, by the way. Three years, almost three years, we've been doing Baz V Horror, and every time I think I know where things are going, something like this happens.
2: Yeah.
0: And it, it
1: really does it, it floors me. I I thought you. Would... And I, I promise you all right now. I am. I promise you, I've not done this to eat this into the last episode. Because I'm fucking raging. Well,
0: no, I because I, 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 yeah, I, I think it would have been more plausible if you were going to do it. It would have been more plausible to say that at you. yeah, yeah, than say that, that to admit that in memoriam. But it's a terrible movie. If anyone watches this, the acting is <laughs> that of a like I've seen like I've seen like school plays with better acting than this movie. The acting is absolutely atrocious. It's diabolical, fucking man. Horrible. Um, but like I said and I I stress this and this is why I keep saying to you watch movies in the dark is that sometimes when you're a bit tired and you let your senses down you let your guard down that's when you're susceptible to a bit more of a scare it probably helped me in this competition that you were half cut as well Um, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. but that's fucking flabbergasted me I can't believe that I genuinely can't believe that I did not think we would be I, genuinely, I honestly, see when you said that you'd got that point for Absentia, I, yeah. I thought, well next week's going to have to be a fight for respect here, um, and it still is, in fairness um, and we will discuss the finer points of that when we come back from our break anything else you want to say about this movie
1: before we jump out? No, I'm going to go fucking back there and flog myself, don't I deserve it. <laughs> Right, we're gonna have a long think about what I just did.
0: (laughs) We're going to take a short break just now. When we return, we're closing out the show right after this. You're listening to the podcast Under the Stairs. And you've been listening to the podcast Under the Stairs. This has been Baz, the Halloween episode number four of year three. And in the most bizarre twist of fate. We are now in a position where the bass has five points, Halloween has three points, which means that it's all to play for in the final episode. Basically, as it stands now, the bass can't be beat. He is now... the pressure's off a bit, I think. I think we can say that. I th- Although, I, I genuinely don't have a fucking clue where either one of these final movies are going to land. I don't know. Like I, I, I can't even gauge now how you're going to react to either movie, um, yeah this is this is wholly weird, um, I did, I actually thought at this stage I was going to be riding about one to two points ahead on my list that I have, charting where I think it was, so I, this is why I picked In Memoriam, I thought this will break the, this will be give the Baz a bit of levity, it's an easy one for him and it's a terrible movie, and this is the movie that, has somehow kept Halloween in with a lifeline with two movies left. If Halloween scores two victories in the next show, we have our first ever tie, Um, which would be interesting because we've never had one before, but then all Baz needs is one victory next week to secure final victory over Halloween. Baz, this has really been one of the weirdest episodes. I think the Immemorial review is my favourite review.
1: It's, it's
0: been a game of two halves, Duncan. It really, it really is a game of seven sides. Um, <laughs> it's a sports ball reference, I think. Um, how, like, you must have after watching Absentia, you must have thought, "This is academic now." Surely. Um,
1: no, because I had never heard of In Memoriam before, uh-huh. so I assumed. You know, it's a creepy kind of ghost. Film footage thing. I didn't, I had no idea that you'd stuck it in there almost for a wee bit of levity yeah. in the whole thing. Do you know what I mean? Um, I, I was, I, I thought, I, I, when I started, it was, oh, it's a bit like Paranormal Activity, he's kind of hedged his bets on that and, you know, the, the kind of mess that the Paranormal Activity film was made of me the first year. I thought that was your thinking. I didn't realise, you know, even plus I spoke to you tonight that you'd actually almost tossed this in for a bit of laugh the best bit of it is as well, i am just an IMDb, and I was looking at some of the actors, and that Joanna Watts is the girl that plays uh, Lily, uh-huh. um, and I've just discovered that in 2014 she was in a TV series called Real Estate Melphia. <laughs> so I know what I'm downloading after this. <laughs>
0: oh, Ding dong. So she she basically went down the slightly more legitimate road that Frank went down.
1: I don't know, legitimate,
0: do you know what I mean? <laughs> well, for, according to us, Frank's sucking cocks on
1: corners for money That's right true, now. that's we, true. But at, at least I'll she lie. gets a credit
0: when she's doing hers. Yeah,
1: um... she a film hers. <laughs> <laughs> Oh my
0: God, this oh, is Oh, fuck my life. This is so, so weird. I, um, I am very seldom left speechless on this show, and I think you've done it. I think, <laughs> I think you've actually yeah I think I'm a bit flummoxed I don't, I don't, I don't know I, I don't know what I should be we've two movies still to go um, we've got one more week and this has been I said it before I think this has been my favourite year of Baz V Halloween not only because it's been wholly unpredictable but I think this like having listened back to the previous ones um there is a real, and I was going to say the word maturity, but that's not true. Uh, no, no. But your 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 commentary on the, the movies now, I think is is brilliant. I think you there's very little that's getting past you now, and you you've got your own spin on things, and I think your own spin on things is immensely more fascinating than than what I think of certain things. It gets me thinking about the movies in a different way, which have happened before, but consistently in every single review, it's been really interesting. To hear it completely from your perspective, which is, which is a wee treat to myself. Um, yeah, this is this is brilliant. The final two movies, um, it'll be interesting to see where these land here because I've went for a movie I genuinely think is a fucking great movie. It's up there with Absentia and that that canon of quirky indie horror movies and in The Innkeepers by um, modern horror or Tour High West, um, and uh, it's going to be followed by uh, another one of those uh, movies from Australia, Bars that you love.
1: I do like the Australian ones. It's got to be said. That's not. That's not a lie.
0: Yeah, I, I, I thought. I thought if we were going to go out, then it's time to do a wee bit of something which is going to make me smile, and that is a bit of film footage. Um, called the tunnel and the tunnel is a really interesting one in that it got released um it got released for free online the guys just released it um on their website i think for the first two years you could just go on and stream it directly on their website um which is a weird campaign to do but that's that's what they did Uh, so yeah so we will be returning down under to close out baz v halloween with a bit of um, Aussie found footage we know what the last bit of Aussie found footage did to Baz uh, I'll be interested to see if this one goes out the same way oh, I can't wait, I cannot wait there is a multitude of ways weasels, check out the podcast under the stairs, if you are one of those casual listeners on the iTunes or someone a bit more serious that listens week on week but haven't subscribed yet then click the button the subscribe button because what it means for you dear listener is that you get every single show as and when they drop but also means you get the entire back catalogue of fantastic episodes most of them the fantastic ones have the bars on them not all of them because occasionally bars can be a bit of a dick um, but <laughs> it's true <laughs> yeah, what he says is true um, but yeah you can get the, all the stuff before and if you're checking us out on iTunes please, please 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 take two seconds out of your very busy schedule and just give us a wee bit of feedback it doesn't have to be one piece; could it can just be a couple of lines um, and if it's got five stars beside it for example um, the more of them we get the higher up the itunes charts we get pushed the more likely people from all walks of life perusing the itunes podcast charts will check out the podcast under the stairs that means more listeners more reviews it means baz is happier it means that he stops drinking as much and stops hitting me with the cat and nine tails which i'm going to be honest i'm starting to enjoy so for both of us please leave us a little review. Um, You can also check us out on Stitcher Smart Radio and on SoundCloud. We have a website, tputscast.com. We have a fantastic Facebook group page. Please come across and join it if you haven't already. I think we're sitting about the 350 mark now which is fairly incredible um, and everyone's super nice over there and they all respect each other which is the thing I'm most happy about It's always great conversations every single day on that Facebook group page it's at facebook.com forward slash groups forward slash cast now we have two other social networking methods to grab your attention and pull you in I unfortunately do not Hold I ad, well, hold admin rights. But if I ever post anything, I get berated by by my colleague here, Baz. Um, let, let the listeners know where they can interact with us on Instagram and on Twitter.
1: Of course, uh, you can catch us on Twitter. It is at TputzCast. Twitter's the filthy one, folks. <laughs> Just logging in right now. We get six hundred and ten followers on Holy Twitter. The
3: fuck. The fuck is that all about?
1: Maybe I remember when we had three? Yeah, I, I, <laughs> one of them was bars. One of them was at punk bars, and the other one was at the <laughs> chaos. The other one was your wife, because uh, you made her, because you stole her phone and followed us. Um, yeah, I and I, water there. I, uh, I pride myself in the fact as well. All of these well I like to think they're genuine sexy newbile Russian teams that want to bone me right but I'm pretty sure they're just these sex bot accounts I call those bastards so this, as far as I can tell the 610 people that follow us are genuine people or at least shows or something like that
2: uh-huh.
1: um, so yeah so that's at tbutzcast. Um you can follow us on there occasionally I post pictures in there as well that I don't put on the Instagram account which I'll come on to Uh, The last picture I posted was two bottles of Krabby's green ginger wine. Before that, it was the cover of a 2000 AD comic from 1981. (laughs) And uh, the one before that was a Russian superhero called The Love Sausage, and you can see his cock in it. So um, it's a weird place, our Twitter account has got to be said. But I, um, I, do, I do get quite a lot of uh, interaction with the listeners on there, it's got to be said. There are certain listeners um, that interact quite heavily on the Twitter account, and I thank you. You all know who you are, uh, Dean Martin. You're one of the dirty bastards, and uh, he jams that there, and a few others, and they, they like to chip in on there. Um, I just try to log into Instagram there, but it's been a to the password's been changed, which I know is not true, because Don't wouldn't allow you to change the password on <laughs> What's um, <laughs> my iPad been a fanny? Um, but yeah, the, the Instagram account as well as that is at, is at Um It's less risky. Some would say more highbrow. I would disagree. <laughs> um, but, um, quite often, it's just the show up uh, comes out every week. There's always a new one goes up on the Monday for the show art But um, Duncan has promised. That uh, in October, because we're all, we will have pre recorded all of our October ones, October will get much more personal. Um, and with it being Instagram, you need not fear that we'll be anybody's jockey starfish, because we're not allowed to put that on the there, they've told us. <laughs> this,
0: this is true, this is true. But as, I, I, I need to ask you I mean, yeah. you're going to have, now, obviously, you're going to be very busy in October. You've like a full month planned of things, hence why we're recording yeah, yeah. early. Are there any horror titles that you're you're kind of thinking I might watch this in October because of the Halloween thing? Anything that you on the horizon that the Baz has lying there, maybe that you've purchased that you've not got around to checking, or anything you've seen on the old uh, on the old Netflix or be,
1: Amazon? Um, I don't think there's anything I bought that I've not watched. Um, there will be on Amazon and Netflix, but I'm going to be quite honest because we've had so much lined up for the show, I've not really been browsing or perusing about, so I will probably spend time having a wee look about. There's bound to be stuff in there that I've not seen um, that I will check out. Um, Probably next episode might be a better one to ask me that question. I will come back and ask you,
0: yeah. I think that's because the the last episode comes out just before. So... um before the halloween so yeah so we there are plenty of ways to interact with us please go out there and interact with us we are very accommodating we might not get back to you the split second you send them but we do endeavor to speak to every single person that gets in touch with um ourselves because we do the show for you so um it's the best way to get in touch with us um yeah i think this show has like my brain's still not working i still can't get over this um so I think we need to go, and we I need to lie down. I think <laughs> it's
1: like I think like, we all need to lie down, no, do we? Yeah, <laughs> right. Um, and I kind of and wise kind of way Oh, I like you know where I mean? this is going clothes optional, got, hopefully. Tuck ourselves in.
0: <laughs> right, excuse me. <laughs> 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 no, let's not do that. Uh, right, <laughs> um, Buzz. Would you like to say goodbye to our fantastic listeners?
1: Certainly, well, listeners. I will speak to you all next week, don't, uh, listeners, for the the big finale
0: the big finale and until then wherever you are in the world please take care of yourselves whatever you're doing this is Duncan McLeish broadcasting live from under the stairs and I'll speak to you next week